Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It's the 6th of October, a lovely Wednesday here in uh, Baz and Izzy Towers. Um, plenty going on as well. We look towards Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury this weekend. How cool to catch up with Taylor Barry. Izzy, who's, I reckon he's a bit of an Izzy Dag fan as well. You guys had a cool relationship. <laughs> yeah, I was lucky enough to spend a bit of time with Taylor, Kevin and Joe Parker. Um, got a good relationship with Joey. And um, yeah, so it was awesome to chat to Taylor Barry about Tyson Fury and this Boxing match this Sunday against Deontay Wilder and take three. I think in the boxing world has been flipped on its head with Alexander Usyk uh, winning that fight against Anthony Joshua. So looking forward to that on Sunday. We also had Max Goodman. Max Goodman talking all things boxing, which got the text machine rolling today. New York Yankees versus the Boston Red Sox plays soon, and that is an absolute rivalry if there's everyone. Maybe the best in the world. He reckons it is the greatest rivalry in sport. Anyway, we've had the text machine flying today, so keep those texts coming through. And then we also spoke about the Heartland Championship. Obviously, Sam Kane making his return via the King Country Rams. We spoke to Jason Kasky. He is the coach for Whanganui Butcher Boys, and he gave us a little insight. He didn't really give too much away, but the boys are excited. He was hoping Dane Coles, Sammy Whitelock could come back and play for Whanganui, give them a bit of help. But let's be honest, mate, I think you boys will be fine. One man won't define and change a side. But looking for that, how good is it to see Heartland Rugby getting the kudos it deserves? Thanks for listening. We love your support. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Get ahead of allergy season this spring and pick up Claritine from Chemist Warehouse. 60 tablets, now just $26.99. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. And, yep, again, Baz is over in the UAE. We miss him. Hopefully not too long. He's going really well over there, actually. Calcutta Knight Riders leading the charge. I think they're four from five. Outstanding. Coaches knock. Team ain't out till it's over. Ain't over till it's over over there, Baz. So, well done. Uh, anyway, it's just after six in the morning here on the Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Wherever you are, I hope you're having a... 
Good morning so far, and we've got a good show for you today. Good show for you today. Talking a bit of Major League Baseball. Is there any baseball fans out there? Any baseball fans out there? Give us a text on double eight double three. We got Yankees versus Red Sox. Yankees versus Red Sox. You like that, Trudy? Play soon in the AL Wild Card game. Bit of a rivalry when it comes to baseball, and we have our baseball man from the states, Max Goodman. To talk all things baseball. So if you're a baseball fan, give us a text on double eight double three. I like a bit of Anaheim Angels. Mike Trout, myself, they're pretty sharp. Only because I played with them on the PlayStation. I'm I don't follow it hugely, but um, great to have a bit of baseball on the show. All this publicity for the Heartland Championship and the news Sam Kane will make his return via the King Country Rams. Well, we went out and got the opposition. We got the coach. Jason Caskey coaches Wong Fonganui, the Fonganui Butcher Boys over there in uh, Fonganui. I used to live in Namatapuri. I'll have to talk to him about that little spot up in the Waitotra Valley. Uh, Jason Caskey joins us, so let's talk to him about the plan. How they're going to get into Sam Kane and not make it an easy transition for our skipper. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm gonna, yeah, it's great. It's great for Heartland Rugby. Um, they're getting a lot of exposure. I think, uh, you know, they deserve it as well. This is the grassroots. That is the grassroots. That's where it all begins. Uh, we spoke to Jason Forrest the other day about it. There is a lot of players around the country in the middle of nowhere that have got some talent. So it was this big, big stepping stone to hire on as the uh, Heartland Championship. Anyway, later on, just after 8 o'clock, we got the boxing world. The boxing world was flipped on its head when AJ lost to Alexander Usic. Usyk, I should say, this weekend, Tyson Fury takes on Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder, which shapes now to be an absolute classic slugfest. Taylor Barry. Taylor Barry, Kevin Barry's son. He's been with Joseph Parker for many, many years. Well, he's with Tyson Fury. He's been in his corner for the last four fights. And he will be in his corner this weekend to talk all things Tyson Fury Taylor Barry joins us just after 8 o'clock this morning. And then about 8.40, actually, we've got a wee slot. We've got a wee slot, and we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you at about 8.40, just to talk all things sport, whatever. Any questions, whatever you got going, you want to have a chat to us, come online. I want to talk to you. 0800 150 811. You can call us throughout the show whenever you like. You can send us texts whenever you like. But 8.40, if you really want to have a conversation about something that's going on throughout the show, that spot is for you. That spot is for you. We've dedicated that spot just before Smithy too. So if you want anything, you know, tell us a little secret about Smithy. That'll be quite good. That'll be really good, actually. But, um, yep, hope you're having a, having a great day so far. We've got a good show, good mixture, talking uh, all things sport, bit of, bit of baseball, bit of rivalries, bit of heartland. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to sharing that with you. So keep those texts. We've already got a text message coming in. Uh, Nice and early. Who's that? That's from Jim, Jim from Tamuka. Jim from Tamuka. Hey, Jimmy, mate, you're a good man. I'll read that out in a minute. But before then, I'm going to get to my team. Trudy's wearing a lovely red dress. Good morning, Trudy. Louie, Keza, and Joe in the back. How morning. are we, team? Great, thanks. Good morning. Yeah, good, mate. How are you doing? Oh, doing good, mate. Wednesday. It's Wednesday, and uh, yeah, it's good. I had a good day yesterday. We... Uh, just, just got a lot of jobs done, a bit of work, did some work for Sky, mm. um, potted around, around the house, and um, 
just planned for today, really. It was, it was a good day, mate. What about yourself? I saw Trudy. You went to the beach. Yeah. How was that? Well, the forecast, because that was, that was the joke, right, is that we were being lifted out of this lockdown. We could go to the <laughs> beach and have a picnic and from today. Yeah. Um, and the, the forecast was little <laughs> rain clouds all week. But it was out of the blue yesterday. The sun came for about three or four hours. So I took oh. the kids down to the beach. Not mine, the white one beach up. So I sort of broke. Not your kids. Mm. No, m- not my, oh. my kids. <laughs> but not my beach. Sure. So I live in Takapuna, but I snuck to Mairangi Bay, but it's only like a K up the road. So I thought that would be right. all right. It was the next suburb was over. Court? What? Was that volleyball court already there? Was that volleyball court? How cool court? was, was that, that already set up? Yeah, it was just yeah, these yeah. young lads set it up, and my kid met another kid, and they stayed apart, two metres apart, <laughs> making a little boat. It was really fun. We were there from one nice. until six. Five hours at the beach. Five hours? That's exhausting. Are you tired? No. <laughs> oh, oh, my 12.01 picnic. I had to have a picnic at one minute past midnight. Oh, is that? <laughs> are, we, are we picnicking today? Is that today? Today's picnic day. Oh, congratulations. Oh. It's the red dress. Yeah, well, it's picnics. Yeah. Congratulations. Picnics. Oh. Actually, um, I actually saw a, a thought of, I don't know why I thought of you when I saw this uh, story, Trudy. i got to find it now because I can't quite remember the exact name of the place. It's Midnight Gardener. No, Midnight Gardener on P- Ponsonby Road. Get this. <clears throat> Then Auckland is from one bubble only, with a maximum of ten people can rent the space at Midnight Gardener or Ponsonby Road isn't it? for one hundred dollars a two-hour session. That's yeah, funny. <laughs> the cost will cover the outdoor garden space among the trees, shrubs, and pot plants, and use the bathroom <laughs> facilities, but does not include any food or beverages or service. Oh. Oh my goodness! That is, you are like I don't rent it all, but it's getting ridiculous. Wow! <laughs> yeah, are you talking about? In fact, as you love Prego on Ponsonby Road, I thought you might be the sort of Auckland bit that would come by a hundred bucks. Someone's sit outdoor in garden. Someone's outdoor garden. I mean, it's is like, this guy actually having a laugh, Luke, Luke Dello? Dello? Yeah, it's Simon Dello's cousin. Is he's, he? he's always he's always coming up with the brainy ideas, but he's a bit. Well, just trying to rip yeah. people off. I mean. I don't, I don't hey, know. Have you been there? It might be a really lovely. It is. It's yeah. awesome. Go have a little sit down. Exactly. And, and look, let's be honest. Like <laughs> we've wasted more on on worse you know, horses, <laughs> etc., etc. So <laughs> why not just go give a little hundy to that? You know, people. Yeah, go find I think it. It's a great idea. I just, I just go find a beach. Like Trudy was doing a hundred bucks. I mean, I'd be curious to know how quickly people take this up. Maybe there will be like enough Ponsonby uh, Aucklanders that are like that itchy. Uh, yeah. That are like, just like, we'll do it just to kind of go and live the vibe, take their own beers and feel like they're going out, you know? I'm just still at a crossroads whether a beach picnic is the go. Like, there's nothing worse when you're eating your nice ham bun and it, it just really tastes like sandpaper because you've got sand in it. And it's, <laughs> you you know, go I'm to just, a beach a with lost. a picnic table, is it? You find the one oh, where there's picnic so tables. Table. Yeah, okay. and you bring your yeah. little antibacterial wipes. You know, I think you are right, though. It gets windy and all the sand yeah. just grow, blows all over your food. You're like, oh, this is a nightmare. No, I think what you're right. It sounded like a good idea. I think you're right, Izzy. I think you've actually, you've, you've, you have nailed it because I love beach. I really do enjoy the beach. I had a long-standing argument with my high school friends that beaches are better than rivers and he thinks rivers are better than beaches and it's like a long, whenever we see each other, it's like UFC. Rugby versus rugby league. Yeah, yeah. we can't, but, but. <laughs> I do agree. Where I would say, what I would say is that a, a river picnic or a park picnic is better than a beach picnic because you just can't sand. run the risk of sand getting in all those crevices and your Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what about saltwater, freshwater, Trudy? You saltwater or freshwater? Salt for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. I love yeah. a lake. Like I do love a lake. I enjoy yeah. for water skiing and 
feeling like you've had a yeah. shower. You know, you don't have to have mm. a shower. But um, so camping maybe at the lake, but I do love throwing myself in the ocean. And I had two swims yesterday. Oh, good. Oh. Summer's coming. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a seaman. Eh? I like. A, I like a the uh, fresh water. Fresh water skiing up at the lake and and Waikati Moana. Has anyone been to Waikati Moana? It's such a beautiful spot in the middle of nowhere. Uruwet is up in Tuhoi Country in the middle. Oh. By Wairo, if you've been to Wairo, it's a special place. Amazing bushwalks oh, too, eh? Yeah. Is um yeah the one of the Great Walks. Yep. Part of the Great Walk around, around New Zealand. Is there you? You're just you're near the Waimakariri River there. What's the state of the river? Mm. Is it is it kind of algaed up at the moment, or is it? Because there's actually some parts of it are pretty nice. On a nice day, you can go find a nice little watering hole and park up. It's really good. Yeah, it's, at the moment it's it's kind of like a floody season. Like as soon as we get the nor'easter over in, in west coast, it's pouring over. It's quite warm here, but it gets really windy. The next True. day, it's flooded, bank to bank. Um, look, I'll be honest. I don't even know the last time I left home. <laughs> don't even know the last time I got out of the house. I don't even know. I can't drive my car, so like, um, yeah, it was to get your jab, wasn't it? You went out. You and Daisy went out to get uh, your jab. Ice creams. Yes, we went and got. Yeah, that, that would have been yeah ice cream Saturday. Yeah, I went out on Saturday. Uh, took the kids for lunch, but that's the thing. I don't really venture out anymore at the moment, so I wouldn't know. Wouldn't know the water quality is. I wouldn't know, but um, there's an app on there. I'll go check the app. But it is great. Like we just take the kids down, chuck them, chuck them in the jet boat. We take a picnic and a barbecue down, and we just find a little spot on the river, um, and park up, find a bit of bit of watering hole that's not connected to the main current, and and the kids go for a swim. So it is a pretty cool, cool river down there, and I really enjoy going to the river. And I'm a fresh, freshwater man kind of myself. I just hate getting salty here and having to jump in that shower with Sandy. Salty hair, no care. No wow. worries. Beach right. hair. Palm wine, is he? Yeah. That's <laughs> precious. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know about it's that. It's a little bit precious. It's, it's, it's on the fence there. Um, no, I just got, I, I got really curly, fluffy hair, and when I get in there, it's, yeah, it's yeah, precious, eh? <laughs> Check on your cap. Yeah, oh, fair enough. Anyway, so it's, zero. Yeah, exactly. it's it's picnic day. And, <laughs> the point is, it's picnic day in Auckland, and um, Brian Tamaki's in all sorts. He reckons he's he's gonna he's fine. He was just exercising his right to um, protest, and, and that's nice for him. But you're right, is he Jim from Tamuka? He wants to know what you're gonna do, what they're gonna do with this uh, Heartland Championship, mm. um, this King Country jersey that Sam Kane's got to wear. Yeah, it's a great great idea. Oh. Yeah, I reckon it'll go good in the charity. Um, Sam will probably tr- um, he'll probably sign it, obviously, and and I'm, I'll be surprised if he probably doesn't. He might take one of his ones along as well and, and give it gift it to the uh, to the club, King Country Rams, and they'll probably put it up in the um, in the in the club rooms there. But yeah, like that's a great opportunity. So Jim's message and morning team, quick question: the jersey All Blacks captain Sam Kane wears in the Heartland game is a one off. If he was to auction it for charity, how much do you think it is worth, Jim Tamuka? Um, oh, that's a hard one. I'd say it'd be worth quite a bit, you know. Someone there, if they do have a function when they're trying to raise money, there's a lot of opportunities uh, for younger, you know, people out there that are struggling or there's a reason where they've got to raise money, give a little. I'm sure that uh, that, that Sam Kane will be you know, willing to sign that and give give that away in the club. And I think, it'd, yeah, it'd raise at least $1,000, I'm thinking, minimum. Someone would like that would... Uh, you know, obviously, it's Sam Kane, but it depends what it's for as well. So, if it's for a good cause, a good charity, people will just willing, you know, be willing to open the pockets up and and support that. So, yeah, I think it would be great. 
I wonder as if they've got a collection of um because uh, obviously we spoke about Stan and Colin Meads and Martin Johnson. I wonder if they have jerseys that those guys wore. I wonder if there's a collection that the club has or that the union has that they'd want to add this to. You know, kind of like part yeah. of the shrine. Have you ever? This is a bit weird, but our mate um, Dan Carter from Chemist Warehouse. Have you ever been out to Southbridge and seen the shrine that his old man's collated out there of DC stuff? It is yeah. it is seriously impressive. So they've got it's pretty much like a mm. Dan Carter museum in the Southbridge Club, <laughs> and it's really really cool. And like some of his most prized bits of memorabilia are in there, if not like his pro- most prized. And uh, this is Neville was his dad's name, wasn't it? He's done a r- yeah, Nev. Uh, yeah Nev. He's done a real good job of compiling that, and it actually draws people out to the club on community days and stuff. So that like. Those sorts of those sorts of kind of novelty. Well, that's not novelty. I guess memorabilia and um, museum pa- parts. Like, people love it. It is. It's a real draw card. Oh, oh, that's why I love club footy and I love Heartland and I love, that's what it's about. Like, there's no better feeling afterwards when you're going into the club rooms. When you go into the club rooms and you just see names on the boards, yep. you know, honours list, yep. uh, notable mentions, All Blacks, presidents. Uh, life members, you know, like that's what it's about. You go and you 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 put your stub on the your handle. You get a handle of of Tui or you know whatever you're drinking. You just sit down with a couple of the, the legends of the club and you go through stories. And that's what it's about. And I think we've gone away from that now with the pres- professional game away way it's delivered. I know the All Blacks do it every Tuesday night. They have a club room, so they've actually designed a club within the All Blacks, and they've got an honours board with life members. You go to, every Tuesday you go into this um, room in the All Blacks and it's called the Club Rooms and everyone wears their club jersey. So I used to wear my Napier Pirates. Oh, uh, you know, that's awesome. So this when you're on club. tour? Yeah, so, yeah, when you're on tour, when you're on tour. So so you go and, so they've designed their own club rooms. So I think, uh, and then you have a, a club captain, which will, when I was there it was um, DC. DC was our club captain. He'd come in, he'd run the club rooms. you get up and, and you have a player of the day. And then we'd have a quiz, like we'd have a quiz, a raffle, uh, I mean a raffle throughout the day, and it was unbelievable, so cool, because all the boys would get competitive, so we'd have some pretty cool prizes, but everyone would wear their club jerseys, would wear their club jerseys, and that's what it means, like just linking back to the roots and where it all begins, and not forgetting about that kind of club feel, and I think that's why I love club footy, and, and how it's why it's so important, and especially with Heartland Championship, that's... That's what it's about. These boys work hard during the week. They they work nine to five, or you know, seven to seven, seven to five every single day out on the farm. And then they go to training, slog their guts out for two hours, go home, get up, go to work again. You know, that's what it's about. So I love it. Bang on, man! And Jason Kasky from Wanganui, um, he's. Actually, Fonganui is Wanganui. Oh, I just get stuck with that. And I don't know what one the Heartland team runs by, but anyway, the Butcher Boys, they um, mm. they would have had training last night, and I can't wait to have them on. Just to say, Jace, is it business as usual this week? Or, like, last night at training, were the lads kind of like, you know, like the murmurs? Was there a little bit of a, a, a pip in the step of the players? What do you reckon it is? Mate, there'd be nothing better. And getting a little late shot on Sammy Kane, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I think they'll be excited. I think they'll be they'll be pumped, mate. Like you know, this is a guy that's captain the All Blacks, and he's been on the big screens for a very long time. Then you want to see where you're at. So I, I I'm guessing the loose sports for Whanganui will be excited by the challenge. They'll be witnessing what it takes to to get to the next level, and, and they'll get a few tips from him as well. And I'm sure post match they'll sit down and. Chew his ear off, but look, Sammy. I, I know when I went back to club footy, I'd pass the ball, and then five seconds later, I'd get a little hit to the rib. So 
expect a little, expect a little late hit or you know a little little something in the ruck at the bottom of a ruck. You know, I expect it because it's quite funny. It's, it's you know it's just all part of it. They want to put a little hot hit on you and go tell their mates, oh late hits Izzy Dag or Sammy Kane. So there you go. <laughs> expect it. That's what it's about. I wonder if um, that's so good because it's nothing. You're right. As a bloke, that would be that guy. I mean, there's nothing better just to go. Oh, I just I drop Sam Kane. <laughs> I might have hit Sam Kane after he passed it. But like, I wonder if I've had to say like Sam is coming back from six months of injuries. Please, please do not put him back and don't be the guy. Nah. Wait, they ain't gonna take it easy. No way, mate. They ain't gonna take it. They're gonna look at it. Oh, mate, you alright? How's how's your body? You good, mate? Nah. No way. They're gonna yeah. they're gonna rip in. And and let's be honest. So they should. I know there's been a. There's been a lot of conversations about, mate, just get him over there. But reality is, he hasn't played for six months. You need game time. There's nothing. You can run and you can do down and up as much as possible, but there's nothing that can train you to hitting rucks, making tackles, and playing a real-life game. So he needs this game, and then he'll head over and, and rip him. Beautiful stuff, Izzy. It's 20 minutes past 6 o'clock. Double eight, double three of the Kenata phone line. 0800-150-811. Heartland Championship. Uh, we've got MLB. It's a wild card game. The Sox and the Yankees. What a famous rivalry. Let's talk about some rivalries later on, eh? Taylor Barry out of the States as well, talking boxing. We might get to some racing and plenty more. We're here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 0800-150-811. That's the Kenar Tire phone line. We would love to hear from you throughout the morning. A couple of great texts already. Just quickly before we get to those, Izzy, you've had some uh, massive salaries previously in your playing days. Um, <laughs> just some like outrageously huge numbers. Have you ever been fined $100,000 by your club, though? And would that hurt? Nah. Oh, 100% that would hurt. Um, no, I haven't, mate. No, I haven't. I haven't been uh, fined and... Uh... I've had a I've had a couple of police fines, speeding fines, but um yeah, nothing nothing outrageous. It's uh I know what you mean with uh, Munster, Cameron Smith and, and Lewis yesterday for the Melbourne Melbourne Storm and Frontina. Um yeah, that's a huge fine. That's gonna hurt and, and it's not just that, it's gonna hurt their reputations, who you know, who they are who they are, they're always gonna be known as those guys. But look look, time's a healer and um they've you know, they've fronted it. I know there's a lot of question marks over not saying what's in the bag, but I'm sure you can put two and two together and, and understand what it is. And uh, you can't blame the club there. Like the players would come out and, and said they were hammered, and so they've stuck to the story. I'm sure. Well, let's be honest, they 100% know what it was. Um, but they've stuck to a story. So, like the club and, and, and Reese Walsh, I know there's a lot of uproar about it um, and, and not fronting it straight away. But you got to understand that it was grand final week. They didn't want to take the gloss away. They've already gone down that track with what are they, their actions have already taken the gloss away but they didn't want to front it during that week when the grand final was on they fronted it now um look it's not ideal it's not ideal for league too like they've i know there was another player that was off contract humble with name of of anyway he got caught over the weekend so like it has been a damaging couple of weeks for league um with the sense it's of groundhog like, day that's what conduct. it is Mm, it's Groundhog Day, mate, and uh, look, there's just going to be a lot. Of, I know there is going to be a lot of changes. Abdo and uh, Valandis are going to make some huge changes within the game of NRL, and um, but yeah, that's a huge fine, Louis. Uh, Louis that is going to cost them, but not just that. Like a lot of emerging leadership group, mm. Brandon Smith's out of that. Months has been kicked out of the leadership group, and I know that they've had enough of him. They're on their last draw with Munster. Um, he's yeah. So look, it's it's not a great look.
Well, the club, like, you, actually, you kind of made me think about this before the show we spoke about. I actually feel bad for the club because they are now going to get mm. thrown. Andrew Voss is our colleague. The guys over in Australia that are on the pulse of the stuff are going to be after them because they'll find Cameron Munster $100,000. The NRL's fined him 30000 Brandon Smith's been fined, I think, uh, fifteen by the NRL. But these guys won't admit that they were doing any sort of substances or what was in the bag. They're just saying I was too drunk. So the clubs have to say, the club has to find them, because they need to be penalised, because I think everybody can read between the line what they were doing, except then they're going to get field questions like, well, why are you finding them if the players, if you can't draw, if there's, you know, you can't be half pregnant, right? You can't, there's not, there's nothing in between here. You either are guilty or you're not. So they've put the club in a terribly awkward position and it's actually really, really sad. And so that's, that's what kind of I'm confused about, but um, I guess we'll hear more of it. And you're right. I, I think they'd be confused. We, uh, it's a drug. It's a drug. Like it's, it's either MD or bloody cocaine. If you, if you, know, <laughs> you put two and two together. Yeah. Um, oh, look, yeah, I know what you mean. They've stuck to a story and they've gone through and we've all used that. Excuse, I was way too wasted, honey. I can't remember. You know, like it's it's the, it's the best excuse in the book. But yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It, they need to front it. They need to say it. Like Reese Walsh has come yeah. out, fronted it, said it, and he had it. Said he even had it too. Yeah, you know, young kids put his life on the line. So um, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, it's not it's not a great look. And the club, you can't blame the club. It's Melbourne Storm. They are they are, they're they're saying what they've heard from these players and. Um, yeah, it's not great. I'll, I'll look forward to hearing Vossi later on and seeing what he's saying, ripping into them and then having to commentate them from on the show too. Can't wait till he calls out Munster and Smith during the year. Yeah, no, Vossi, he does it so well. So that would be um, 8 a.m. So you'll be here listening to Taylor Barry. But if you want to go catch up on his podcast, you go to the SENZ app and you can listen to Andrew Voss. I see he was winding up on Twitter and I think he's going to come off the long run today. And fair enough too. It's very curious stuff. There's some brilliant texts here from Richie and Brett about rivalries and also um, when the great rugby players have come back and played club rugby in Heartland. I want to get into this because I think we can have a great chat about this today, Izzy. So we'll get to those very shortly, but right now it's the news with Trudy for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Baz and Izzy for breakfast, it is 28 minutes away from 7 o'clock this morning. Thank you for your time. There's plenty going on in the world of sports, so a lot to get through throughout the morning, including, well, later on, Taylor Barry out of the United States, out of Las Vegas. If we've got Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder number three this weekend, I can't wait. Hey, if you were uh, like Izzy and me and you got a bit of the... Tony Pike, Cozzy Asano show at Rickerton on Saturday. Well, you'll be keeping your eyes very peeled as they combine again a few times today at Topor. Habana in the last from a good barrier for Brendan and Joe Lindsay. A Zoostar Bay Colt who has had a couple of wins and trials and a placing from barrier five. Watch the money here. It hasn't moved yet, but we'll just see what happens. Um, there's a few first starters going around at Taupo today. Uh, so Tony Pike and um, Kozia Sano, they do they do uh, partner up a, a wee bit, which is always promising after what happened in the weekend. I think you know that they're in sync. Actually, all of Pikey's runners in general are in sync at the moment. I see in race eight on the card, 
and this is for loveracing.nz, I should say. I see for race eight on the card, Packing No Bless has been absolutely hammered in the market for the Brennan stable. Vinnie Colgan does the riding, opened at 11s into $7. So we might have to ask Paul Mawati about how much cash has come there that it is in race eight. And in race number six, well, when the market moves, you usually know uh, this man's been, well, confident around the town of Cambridge. Stephen Marsh for and Sophistical in race number six. Danielle Johnson does the riding. Good barrier. Opened at $4.50 into $3.80. This is, it's had a lead up. It's been spelled. And it, came, it actually got, it ran second, but it got promoted and won at Tauranga. It's had a couple of trials. It's a very nice Hinchin Brook mare. I think uh, the money kind of looks pretty apt here. He's got another couple of runners in the market. But number nine in race number six at Taupo, Danielle Johnson, Stephen Marsh combining. Uh, sophistical. The money is on, I think, for good reason. But it's a hell of a day of racing at Taupo, so you'll be able to kick back on the couch, uh, watch some of this, and of course watch the baseball as well, the Red Sox and the Yankees in the wild card game. Love racing.nz, you can go have a look at all those fields, do all your form up there, I'm sure we'll talk about it a bit more throughout the morning. But the text machine, is he? They've come nice and early. They have, they have. I just have to touch on uh, Trudy's news here. Paul Gasol. Paul Gasol, man, what an absolute champion he was. Uh I'm a Lakers supporter. He's one of the reasons I support the Lakers. Him and Kobe Bryant and that partnership that they formed over the years. And I know Poe has got a real good connection with his family, um, Vanessa Bryant and the girls over there. And, uh, yeah, sad to see him retire, but what an unbelievable career from Poe Gasol. But that made me think about partnerships as well, Louis. Like combinations, the great partnerships. I was listening to Staffy's show yesterday, and they were going through father-son um combinations or father-sons uh you know connections and then they went through a lot of names i was thinking about and then they they actually noted off a few names that partnerships so steve williams tiger woods um pogasol kobe bryant what's i'm just trying to think off the top of my head is have you got anything that comes to your head with you know great sporting partnerships um i'm sure i do yeah um off the top of my head uh yeah winks and hugh bowman Yes, yes. That was one of them on yesterday as well. Winks and Hugh Bowman. Um, yeah, that's a nice one. He's a done deal. And James McDonald, I'm not one of us racing now. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure. I, look, I suppose you can't. Is, is that a bit rough on Chris Have Bosch? a think anyway. Have a think. Have a think. If there's any out there, give us a text on double eight double three, and I'll read this message. I'll have a think, Louis. I'll put you on the spot there because I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to think of some myself, and I'll probably come to my mind in a wee while. But anyway, I'll read this text. I played against Buck way back last century. At one point in the game, I was running the ball up, and Buck was right in front of me. I dropped the shoulder, picked up my pace a bit, looking to drive straight into Buck's ribs with all I had just before I hit Buck. Simply swatted the ball out of my grasp like you would a fly. Lesson learnt. That is from Richie. That is from Richie. See, Richie, that's what it's about, bud. That's a story that you'll be able to tell your kids, tell your friends, and that's what that's about, like, and um, and I know there'll be a lot of people on, on Saturday when when they're playing Sammy or whenever they play, playing Sam. There's going to be stories like that, and that's what I love, like the you know the stories that you've been able to create that you can tell the younger generation. So if you've got any other stories, give us a text. How good is it when someone comes and plays a bit of club footy? Everyone has a wee story. There'll be one about Buck. I remember when um, Sonny came down uh, when he first made his uh, cross um, come to New Zealand. He played playing for Canterbury. 
he went and uh, played for Belfast here, which is a, a club here that's usually struggles, struggles reasonably, reasonably struggles. Um, he went to the club, mate. There was about twenty, like ten thousand people on the sideline. Uh, he went there to I was there. Money, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, you would have been there. Yeah, like if, you know that's what it's about. It, it just creates hype, and, and these these guys and and girls or whatever that that want to go and watch these superstars, these guys, the legends of the game, and and that's what it's about for me, mate. So. Yeah, keep those stories coming in as well. We've got, we've got another text here. Sorry, Louis. Here's a rivalry. Sophie Stadium in LA versus the Death Star in Las Vegas. One may even say they are unbelievable. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that's from Brett. <laughs> they are pretty unbelievable, uh, Brett. Izzy, what was the stadium you played in that made you say, wow, or was it more important to be playing in New Zealand in front of friends and whanau? Um, look, I love playing in front of my friends in whanau, don't get me wrong. Um, but around the world, I've, I was lucky enough to play in some pretty amazing stadiums. But I played at Soldier Field in Chicago, which is the Chicago um, Bears Stadium. So I played at Soldier Field, and, and that's rich with history. There's so much history in that stadium, and, and it was a sold-out stadium. We played in the United States. I never played the next year when we lost the island. Um, but Soldier Field was pretty special. And Soccer City, 2010, when I nearly ran the ball dead, <laughs> uh, there was 95,000 people. There was 95,000 people at that stadium. So uh, that would have to be the, the stadium for me. Yeah, Soccer City. Nice, man. Yeah, that was uh, – I love that when I nearly ran the ball dead. Everyone knows exactly what you're talking about <laughs> when you say that. Um, some great questions. Thank you, Brett and Richie. And, Brett, you hit the nail on the head. Rivalry, SoFi Stadium. Well, the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees, uh, they are one of the great rivalries in sport. And coming up after 7 o'clock, we're going to talk to Max Goodman, who is the Sports Illustrated, uh, the man who covers uh, the Yankees for Sports Illustrated, and find out a bit about what today means in the context of the MLB season, but also the rivalry. And is he just a, a quick um, a little tandem, a pair, before I let get off to this, uh, get off and get back to Quizzy Dag? What about Burling and Chuk? They have been Ooh, yeah. on fire over the last 10 years. Yes. And um, yes. and I think across the America's Cup and then their exploits at the Olympics, they would be one of our most successful, maybe go up there with Mark Todd and Charisma as well. It is 20 mm. away from seven. Bazin, now you're working. <laughs> Bazin is here for breakfast. Back with Quizzy Dag, which means 0800 150 811. Joe, Karen, get your fingers at the ready because the phone lines are about to blow up. Light us up like a Christmas tree. 0800 150. 811 back in a minute. It's Quizzy Dag with Ashley and Martin. Regrow your hair. Search Ashley and Martin today. You know what time it is. It's Quizzy Dag. A quiz that keeps on giving like a skipper bass. Louis, Trudy, Kez, and Joel, not to brag. But good luck to our quizzies, because this ain't in the bag. 0800-150-811, now give it a go. There you go. There you go. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll tidy boy. that up tomorrow. We'll tidy that up tomorrow. I've done a wee new. I've done a oh, wax lyrical. I just, yeah. Anyway, hope that was all good. Let's go. Let's move into it. You know the rules. You know the... How it goes. Five questions. Get them all right. The phone line's running hot. We got Richie. Good morning, Richie. Morning, Izzy. How are you, buddy? Confident? Oh, it's a Wednesday, so it'll be a tough one. So, yeah, <laughs> not really. Is that how it works? Is that how it works? I reckon you can get this. I reckon you can get this, buddy. I reckon you can get this. Hey, did you, did you have a beer with Buck after the game? 
Yeah, and he's nice, all class. Nice one. Yeah, good on you, mate. What a story. Thanks for sharing that with us, bud. Hey, uh, here we go. Question. Who will Sam Kane face when he lines up for Heartland Championship for King Country Rams? Wanganui. Here we go. Here we go. Question number two. Which Melbourne Storm player joined Brandon Smith and Cameron Munson being issued breach notices by the NRL yesterday? Chris Lewis. Yep. Well done. Well done. You got good, mate. You're flying. Who became the only, only the second black driver to win a NASCAR Cup Series race? It's me. Gone. I saw it, but nah, I can't remember the name. Oh. Yeah, but stand in the dark. Go. Team, oh. <laughs> yeah, sure. Hey, have a good day, Richie. Later. Thanks, brother. Tim from Mount Wellington. Morning. Morning. How you going? Good, mate. Good, mate. Who became the only, the second black driver to win a NASCAR Cup Series race? Bubba Wallace. Yes. All right. Question number four. Which New Zealand women's squash player lost in the quarterfinals of the US Open? Oh, fuck. Um, uh, Alice. Oh, nah, sorry. I haven't got it. Okay. No worries, brother. Thanks, Tim. Dean and Nelson. Good morning, Dean. Good morning. Um, Noel King. What'd you say? Morel King. I don't know if I got first name right, but her last name's King anyway. Yeah. yeah. What do you reckon, Trudy? What yeah. do you reckon, Trudy? 100% okay. he'd give it to him. He okay, got the Trudy. surname. Why, 50%? Yeah. Yeah. Well, just the J instead of the N. C's <laughs> get degrees, I suppose. <laughs> oh. Okay, Trudy's in a good mood. She's in her picnic dress. She's feeling good. Okay, here we go, Thanks, Dean. Trudy's, Trudy's a Dean fan. Here we go. Which New Zealand cricket player became the first to score a thousand runs and take a hundred wickets in ODI history? Two. Chris um. Kent. No. Ooh. No, Ooh. Dean. No, Dean. Simon from Auckland. Morning. Morning, Izzy. How you going? No, Simo. I'm good, mate. Today's your special day. Have you got the answer? Um, no, which Kiwi. New Zealand cricket player? Which New Zealand cricket player became the first to score a thousand runs and take a hundred wickets in ODI history? Ooh. Four. I'll just go Daniel Matori. Two. No. Nah. Cheers, mate. No, sorry, but Alan from Good morning, Al. <laughs> here he is. <laughs> Today, here he is. Al's coming at the right time. Have you got the answer, bud? Um, first and uh, possibly not. <laughs> um, first and could it be <laughs> Nah, Chris Keynes has already said, mate. Sorry, Al. Uh, All good, bud. Jason. Uh, I don't really know, but I'll guess Chris Harris. <sighs> No, no, it's not Chris Harris. David, good morning, David. Uh, morning, guys. How are we? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? I'm pretty good, thanks. I imagine it's the great man, Richard Hadley. 
It is David. Well yeah, done, mate. I'm, hey, I'm surprised got a chance of that one. Good imagination, David. <laughs> mate, that is great. That you you held strong, right, mate. mate. You come through with the treats. What are you going to do with it? Well, I, I keep missing them, mate. I did the old South 12 and under for me one last week, and we missed oh. there. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, that was a tough one. That was a good game, though. You enjoyed the game? It was. Yeah, it was. A cracker yeah. game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a cracking game. David, thank you so much for, for joining us, mate. Really appreciate your time, and spend it wisely, and go well, mate. Okay. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good day. Nah, legend, David. Appreciate you calling. Well done, Izzy. Not happy with your hair loss, mate. Today, your turning point in search. Ashley and Martin online. Ashley and Martin looking after us. And Quizzy Dag. Outstanding. Oh, not you. (laughs) Not you. Get your hands down. Not you. Trudy in her picnic dress. Up after this for Trudy's World. Where are all you baseball fans at? Double eight, double three. Socks, Yankees fans, come out of the woodwork. This is your time. Come out. Let us know if you are a, a Boston Red Sox or a New York Yankees fan because Max Goodman's coming up after the news with Trudy and he is uh, he reports all over the, the New York Yankees and he's very excited today about the wild card game. So get in touch with us. Let us know who you're supporting and what do you think is going to happen. Before then. It's Trudy's world. 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 Well, after two months in ISO, Aucklanders can finally burst their bubbles today, reconnect with loved ones and mates, a looser new look level three, although don't try it on Waiheke Island. Apparently they don't want city germs and they've got their pitchforks at the ready at the ferry terminal, so don't bother going there, but we are can go to anywhere <laughs> around the region. From today, you can have people over from another household, but you have to remain outside. So if you go over to, say, Louis' place, you can go outside and you're not allowed to go inside your house but mm. which is great you don't need to tidy up you don't need to judge you know how you rush around before people come over and you're like tidy Shannon up does. Shannon does but what happens when you need to go wheeze so you've gone over you had a couple of drinks having the, what do you just what go in the garden like you're not allowed inside so what's everybody mm. thinking are, are, are like public parks toilets opens and stuff or not really and some of them are and some of them aren't but I'm just talking like at, you know going from bubble to bubble I'm, I can come over to your house but I can't go inside your house so I do yeah so that's just a bit of a quandary. They don't really think about things, do they? Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, after my midnight picnic with my neighbours last night, 12.01, I had a picnic. No, I didn't. Um, I am a bit tired this morning, needing a little bit of a power nap later, the power of the power nap. And mm. Louie, you are 25 years of age. I arrived at work this morning in my picnic dress like, yay, level three, what's everyone going to get up to? And you're like, oh, I can't wait for my nap this afternoon. You're so adorable. Oh, I just can't. I mean, you're the, planned, sh- the show's your nap. the show's looking great for tomorrow morning. <laughs> Liam Lawson. Uh, we're going to do some Tasman Hawks Bay. Like this, you know, the thing ducks are in a row. I'm just going to go home and sleep for a couple of hours. I can't wait. <laughs> in the meantime, Kizza and Joe and the and the producers booth are like, yep, yeah, having mates over for a beer picnic park, and you're planning your nap. Oh, you're so you are really cute. Do you nap, Izzy? Don't you? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I have a nap because I, I felt I didn't have one yesterday, and this morning I was. Real tired when I woke up at four thirty. So, I think the nap's key. Um, but yesterday I didn't have one. I didn't have. One. I wasn't tired yesterday after the show. There was a lot to do. We were talking. We we're planning, and I had a few jobs to do. So no, I didn't. But I think I might need one. True to you, tap. You don't have a nap, true? Yeah, I do. My, my well, on not, the beach. Yeah, I had a little zhuzh on the beach yesterday <laughs> afternoon. Yeah. <laughs>
Outstanding. Outstanding. There you Love go. that flick of the hair, Truth. Thanks. Truth is a picnic dress. Excited for the level. Are you at a pe- breakfast picnic? Let us know. Double eight, double three. Talking baseball with Max Goodman after this. That McCafe coffee can't be far away. Right now, it is the news with Trudy for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. It is Wednesday the 6th of October and it's just after 7 in the morning here in Crosshatch. Terrible day outside. It's cloudy overcast and yuck. Yuck. So wherever you are in the country, I hope you're having a lovely morning so far. Uh, we've had a great hour so far just before we, we spoke about partnerships. Brady and Gronk. Brady and Gronk came to mind. Brady and Gronk, Brian's brothers, the Brian brothers playing a bit of uh, tennis. We had a text come in. The Ever Swindell sisters in rowing, Ebony and Ivory, Pippin and Jordan. Uh, mate, there's Murray and Bond. Mate, there's some absolute unbelievable partnerships. Steve Williams, Tiger Woods. Could go on and on. Keep those text messages coming in. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. But coming up, we've got a good hour for you. We spoke about the Heartland Championship and the news. Sam Kane will make his return via the King Country Rams. Well, we went out and got the coach of the opposition, Jason Kasky, for the Butcher Boys in Whanganui. Look forward to chatting to him and talking about the game plan. Have they spoken about a little game plan? They're going to target Sammy Kane. I'm pretty sure Sammy will be expecting it. Um, and then we got a bit of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball is here. Wildcard game, Louie. It is here. It is time. We're going to be baseball fans. We are talking to Max Goodman out of the New York. If you've got any questions, make sure you give us a text and double eight double three anything baseball. He knows it, Louis. You want to do yeah. the honours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, mate, because it's a, it's a very special time of year whenever it rolls around to October. Uh, baseball fans, we have a lot of them in New Zealand. So double eight double three, make yourself known. Who's your team through this playoffs? This is the time. And if you've got any questions for our man Max, send them through right now. Double eight double three, and we'll get them to him because it is Izzy, one of the oldest and most famous rivalries in sports. And today, the Red Sox from Boston will host the Yankees from New York in the American League Wild Card game in the MLB, where only one team can carry on their playoff dream. Finishing the season with, get this, identical 92-70 and 70 records. The symmetry of their seasons has to be appreciated. So what better way to do it than to head to th- back to the States this morning. This morning we're catching up with Sports Illustrated's New York Yankees reporter, Max Goodman. He's on the line with us. Max, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me, guys. No, no worries. Thanks for making yourself available on a special day when the baseball uh, postseason kicks off. It's um, Is it still American's pastime? Can you call it that? Or is, is pop- popularity waning? Well, it definitely is for me. I mean, baseball has always been my passion and, and my favorite sport to, to follow and now to cover. I think that uh, the NFL football is, is definitely king in, in the United States right now, at least in my opinion. Uh, but I think baseball's still up there. They've got a couple of young and rising stars around the country that might be able to carry us for, for the next generation, you know? Put into context about this rivalry, mate. We've been talking all morning about rivalries, partnerships around the world, some great ones. Talk to us about this rivalry, Red Sox-Yankees. Is it still a big rivalry to this day? Absolutely. I think it's the most storied rivalry in in baseball history, possibly even... In sports history, I think it's up there. I mean, you could consider 
you know, some, some boxers that had rivalries over the years and, you know, different soccer or football clubs like a Barcelona, Real Madrid or, or whatever it may be. But, but in the States, it's definitely Yankees, Red Sox. And I, yeah. as, as I was growing up in, in New York City, that was the story. These two teams are always neck and neck in the standings. Uh, they, they, the fan bases hate each other. It's always a rambunctious <laughs> environment at the two different ballparks when they play against each other. So as much as maybe the last few years haven't been as infamous in terms of, you know, brawls on the field and, and stars that had rivalries one-on-one against each other. I think that this game tonight on, on Tuesday here in the States, it could kind of reinvigorate that rivalry to an extent because whoever wins has a good shot to, to go far in the postseason this year. Hey, that that rivalry and the fan part of it, the fan, the fan aspect of it, Max, you Americans, you guys do that kind of sports hate better than anyone, I reckon. It's not real hate, it's sports hate, and these fan bases love that. So at Fenway Park today, is it going to be sold out? Like, is it going to be um, loud, and do you think the Red Sox will get a bit of a lift because of their home field advantage, or how does that work? I definitely think home field advantage plays a role uh, in, in this game. I was at Fenway Park last week when the Yankees were playing there for a a three-game series, and the Yankees were trying to make the postseason at that point, and they needed to win all of those games, and they ended up sweeping the Red Sox at Fenway. And the environment there was, honestly, it was indescribable. I mean, a sellout crowd, almost 40,000 people, a a good amount of Yankees fans, but considering where we were with the pandemic and stadiums were empty last season, it was kind of the first taste of – you know, a full crowd being in it in such an important game. And I think that we're going to see that exponentially even more on, on Tuesday night because it's going to be a sellout crowd. Fans are going to be standing up or on the edge of their seat for every single pitch as it is in the postseason where everything matters so much in a, in a game where the, the winner advances and the loser goes home. So I think that can mm. definitely play a role. And whoever gets out in front early in this game because the starting pitchers are, are really good and, and the offenses are both, uh, pretty powerful and talented for both these clubs, they have the advantage too. Maybe the Yankees can silence the crowd by getting out in front early. Ooh, so how do you see this game panning out, mate? They're both evenly matched sides throughout the season. Same uh, results, same numbers of, of wins, losses. How do you see this game panning out? And who's going to be the difference? Well, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll tell it from a, from a Yankees perspective because I followed them all season long. As much as their record is the yeah. same as the Red Sox, they've had such a streaky season and they've been so inconsistent in that at one point they won 13 games in a row, but at other points it seems like they, they can't buy a win. They've been losing for, mm. for weeks at a time. So as much as the, the surface level statistics look pretty similar for these two teams, it's going to come down to, like I said, can the Yankees get out in front early and, and establish some momentum with, the the powerful guys and the stars that they have in that lineup because Nathan Evaldi, who's pitching for the Red Sox, has had their number in the past. He's pitched well against the Yankees. Mm. So I think that the stars, you know, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, and then the, the two guys that they acquired in the trade deadline several months ago, Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo, if those four in the middle of the Yankees order can – you know, put some runs on the board for the offense and provide Garrett Cole, the Yankees pitcher, with some run support early on. I think they'll be in good shape. 
This is a really good question here from Jamie Max, who's phoned uh, texted in, asking about the New York sports scene in general. Uh, are the Yankees still like the undoubted team? Because you, know, you hear a lot about the New York Knicks who have had a bit of a lull. Then you think about the Brooklyn Nets, who actually in New Zealand, Sean Marks is the GM of. And then you've got the Mets, right? Uh, what is the picking order? And then with the NFL teams, like where do the Yankees sit in New York's, uh, like the, I guess, the sports scene? That's a great question. I think it it has varied a lot in my lifetime and, and the lifetime of, you know, my dad and, and all these people that have have been sports fans in, in this city and this tri-state area overall. I think right now, you know, when you think of who's the next team that could possibly win a championship, I think it's the, the Yankees and, and the Brooklyn Nets, at least in my opinion. Uh, the Knicks are taking a step forward this year. The Mets didn't make the playoffs, but they, they might have a bright future with some stars on that team as well. And then in the NFL, the, the Jets and Giants look like they're a ways away from contending. You know, the Jets finally got their first win of the season this past weekend. They're playing in London on Sunday. And the Giants as well, I think they just got their first win. Uh, or maybe it was their second win, I'm not sure. But those two teams aren't as competitive in their league. I mean, honestly, the the Buffalo Bills are, are the best football team in New York. And they're not in the city, but they still count as New York, right? So uh, I, I think that these do still count as as a powerhouse in this state and in this city and in terms of who's, who's a fan of theirs and how the media portrays it and celebrities locally and, and around the country and the world in terms of, you know, wearing Yankees apparel and, and rooting for them on social media and stuff. I think it's still, it's still the biggest name in, in this uh, market and possibly even in sports, who knows? Somebody's slagging out uh, Cole on our text text machine here, James. Uh, Cole's been average in September, given up five, three, and seven runs last three starts. So, um, is that true? And, and how much did the pitches come into it when you get to October, uh, Max? Does, does that really make the difference if you can get a, a, a hot pitcher? Absolutely. Uh, the The thing about these wild card games is managers will make decisions with urgency because there's no tomorrow if you lose the game, right? So if Garrett Cole goes out and he has what a lot of people would call like a clunker, which means he would give up a lot of runs early, then maybe Aaron Boone, the Yankees manager, would take him out and bring in, because the Yankees have, you know, over 10 pitchers on their roster for tonight and everybody's mm-hmm. available to pitch. Right. Um, so as much as Garrett Cole has been, you know, not too great his last couple of starts, which is true, he has been their ace all year long, and he's making $324 million. He signed a record sure. contract a couple of years ago. Uh, so this is, yeah. Is that New Zealand dollars? Or? <laughs> quite a bit of money. How many years yeah. is that? Uh, I think it was for nine years, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it was a record deal, you know, most, most ever for a starting pitcher, I believe, at the time. And... That's what he's paid for, to go out in a big game against your rival in the postseason and pitch your way to a victory. And so they're counting on him to be the best pitcher in the world, like he like he was paid to be, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I, I think that they have faith in him to go out there and produce, but if he doesn't, they have a lot of players ready and, and willing to, to help out from the bullpen. Wow. Well, those are some absolute crazy numbers <laughs> that people are getting paid. But I got to, I was lucky enough to be in Chicago in 2016, and, and the Chicago Cubs, they won the World Series. Anthony Rizzo was a name that came to my mind. Now he's playing for the Yankees. How's he gone uh, in that transition over from the Cubs to the Yankees? 
Yeah, I, I went to Northwestern, which is just outside of Chicago. So I was there when they won the World Series, too, following that team. Um, but, yeah, Rizzo has been – I guess he hasn't necessarily fulfilled expectations, you know, completely because he is such a superstar, and a lot of fans expected him to, to be that good once he got to the Yankees. And he's, he's contributed. He hasn't been bad, per se. Uh, but when you look at the advanced statistics, he just hasn't been – at the same level of, of Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton and such. But the key with him, and I've, I've said this before in the last couple of days, is he's been in this situation before. And like you mentioned, mm-hmm. he helped that Cubs team go and win a World Series, and he has postseason experience in his career over many seasons. So I think that he'll be able to you know, provide that veteran leadership and that experience in the middle of this lineup. He's so good defensively at first base as well. Uh, so Garrett Cole can and, and the pitchers can count on him when there are balls in the infield throughout the course of the game. And, yeah, I think he might be an X factor for the Yankees because, you know, he's a left-handed hitter in this lineup with a lot of right-handed hitters. And once the Red Sox go to the bullpen, they have a lot of really talented righties in that bullpen. And Rizzo might have a favorable matchup in the final few innings to do some damage and maybe even deliver a game-winning hit. Who knows? Hey Max, that's um that Garrett Cole contract. That's four hundred and sixty-four million uh, New Zealand dollars over nine years. So that's how much that cash wow. that is. That's a, that's a lot. That's a lot of money. Fifty-two, fifty-two million a year, New Zealand. It's <laughs> <laughs> sickening. That's about that's a, a mill a week, and that's fair enough. I mean, he is yeah, he is the ace, and he got the contract. Good on him. Hey, a couple of people asking. We'll get you out on this one. Irrespective of what happens today, that the Sox and Yankees, who is the clubhouse to watch? Who's the who's the team that could go all the way this year? If you had to tip one out to your New Zealand counterparts, who would it be? You're saying between the Yankees and Red Sox, or just overall? Over overall, league overall, league wide. Leave your heart out of it. Oh. That's such a tough question. I mean, there's so many different teams. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I'll, I'll go off of my predictions because I filled out a, a playoff bracket yesterday for, for how I think the, the postseason will go. And I said, as much as I cover the Yankees, and I think that they can do some damage too, I think the Tampa Bay Rays are the team that's going to go on and win the World Series coming out of the American League East. They've just been such a thorn in the Yankees' side throughout these last couple of years. And they made the World Series last year. They're just a really talented team, a well-oiled machine in the sense that no matter who they put out there on the field, even if it's not superstar caliber players, they always get the job done, and their pitching staff is so deep and talented. And then in the National League, my pick to to lose in the World Series is the Milwaukee Brewers. They just have a really good Mm. starting pitching core. And as we saw a couple years ago with – Uh, the Washington Nationals in 2019. They were the wild card team coming out of the National League. No one really envisioned that they could go on a run, but they had three really good starting pitchers, and they carried that team all the way to the World Series. And I kind of am predicting that the the Brewers will have a similar route, kind of leaning on, you know, stars like Christian Yelich on offense. But Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff, those are their two top starting pitchers, and I think that they can – carry that team to the to the finish line as well. But I, I'm picking the Rays to win it all. Oh, you've, that's awesome. There you go. You've been very generous with right. your time, Max. So $3.50 to win the AL and about $6.50 New Zealand to win the World Series. Max, we really appreciate your time, man. You do great work for Sports Illustrated, and we really appreciate it. And um, hopefully we can catch up again sometime soon. Yeah, anytime, guys. Thank you so much for having me. First time calling over Thanks, to, Max. to New Zealand. It was an honor.
Yeah, that's all right. Just don't get silly with that conversion rate, all right? It just, just, uh, it's just, don't, don't. He, he can hopefully spare a couple million for us someday. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's right. All right, there you go. Max Goodman is in. Uh, but look, I knew there was a baseball community out in, in Aotearoa. Oh, I week. said it. I said, I said, unbelievable. That's once today. <laughs> You're all right, mate. <laughs> what about this from Lance Papamoa? Yankees suck. Go Braves. Chop <laughs> on. Fair enough, Lance. And Boston first half money line, $2. Leshko. That's from James. There you go. Thank you, Lance and James, for getting in touch. Something there that Max said really interested me. He said the Red Sox-Yankees rivalry might not just be the biggest in baseball, it might be the biggest in world sport, and it goes up there with some of the great, and even in football, the El Clasico. I think that's a really interesting point. Double A, double three, what are the best rivalries in sport, and do the Yankees and Red Sox, would that kind of come across into your top five? Maybe we'll compile ours ours after this. Double A, double three, great rivalries in sport. We'll be back to take a look at some of those after this. It's 20 minutes past seven. We're here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. It's 24 minutes past 7, 0800 That's the Kennard Tire phone line. We're talking greatest rivalries in sport after our guy Max from Sports Illustrated just told us that maybe the Red Sox and Yankees is the greatest. So give us a call or flick us a text on double eight double three. Jason Kasky, the Whanganui Heartland coach, coming up after 7.40. To, uh, we heard his counterpart there with Staffy on yesterday. Great to give the Heartland Championship some coverage. Izzy, have you had a think about some of your rivalries, mate? I have, I have. I've created a wee list. My top five rivalries in sport. Five. Number five would have to be Barcelona and Real Madrid. <laughs> oh, they are very, very passionate, the Spanish people. How good is that? Uh, number two, Red Sox versus the Yankees. Four. And four. Then, number four. Number four, sorry. Number four. Number three, three. the Ashes series, England. England versus Australia. <laughs> Jeez, Michael Clark. Michael Clark, what did he say? Get ready for a broken bleeping arm, I'm pretty sure it was, to Jimmy Anderson. <laughs> Famous line. Oh, mate. I know there's been a lot of chat about that one in the last couple of days. Hopefully it can go ahead. But anyway. Two. The All Blacks versus Springboks versus the Springboks. Sorry, Trudy. The All Blacks Springboks match. I think that is probably, yeah, it's, it's got to be up the top. But the next one, the next one, All Blacks versus Springboks. There we go. Number one. For me, <laughs> everyone's going to laugh at this. The Battle of the Bays. <laughs> the Battle of the Bays. <laughs> Hawks Bay versus Barplini. The greatest rivalry in news in sport, I reckon. Hawks Bay <laughs> versus the Bay. <laughs> oh, Hawks so Bay crazy. got the win. Should have known. Barplini. Should have known, mate. You should have known. But anyway, that that is my list. That is my Huge. list. Barcelona, Real Madrid, Red Sox, Yankees, England versus Australia in the Ashes series, Box versus 
All Blacks and the Bays, the Battle of the Bays. So there you go. That is my greatest rivalry. Keep your texts coming through. We've got one, Tyson versus Holyfield. Okay, yeah, Tyson Holyfield, love that. I had um, Muhammad Ali Fraser as well, Muhammad Ali Fraser. Yeah. Yeah, St. Saint Co- Saint Kilda's storied rivalry versus Premiership glory. Okay. <laughs> I think that is, that's an unnamed right. texter, and that's a nasty sledge, I think. That is, that is brutal. They're going no good, eh? They're going no good. Okay. Well, I think they even... Oh, yeah, keep those text messages coming in. I think St. Just... Kilda even managed. Didn't St. Kilda play in that, fi- that grand final that was a draw, and they came back next week and lost by about 100 points? So oh. that's... Uh, uh, I, I had a look, Izzy, and, and lots of people... England, uh, in um, England, Australia, and the Ashes, but lots of people saying India-Pakistan, like the cricket rivalry, because of mm. the geographical, the political situation, like they're two nations that are very chippy, that one is a massive rivalry sport. Yes, yes, that's a huge, huge rivalry. What about Nadal and Djokovic? Nadal, Ooh. Djokovic. It's a bit of a love triangle, isn't well, it? What it, what it? Yeah, with Nadal, Federer. What about those golfers? You know, um, what's his name? DeChambeau and Kepka. <laughs> they had a little side-eye sledging going on. The... Here we go, here we go. Mark from the other bay. Mark from the other bay. Really? Come on, bro. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> the bay, bud. Versus Bay of Plenty. The um, bay versus Bay of Plenty. <laughs> West Ham. And we got and another Millwall. one. We know Tasman Bays are the real bay. No, they're not. <laughs> we'll see. Come. Give us a call Monday, whoever that is. Give us a call Monday. Well, the Shield is on the Saturday. We'll be pumping that up tomorrow. I can't wait. Yep. How are the nerves, actually? Um... They'll be hungry. They'll be hungry. Yeah, but this is—they, I think they've only had two uh, challenges over the last, well, however long Tasman have been uh, together, and uh, yeah, they—they're really hungry for this. I think this is their third challenge coming up this Saturday. I've uh, talking, I'm uh, hearing a few interviews. They've been planning for this for the last couple of weeks. This is their final. Um, the competition aside, this is their final. This is time to go to Hawks Bay up against a quality Hawks Bay Magpie side and put on a performance. So. Yeah, it'll be a cracking game. Oh, look, I'm, I'm ne- you're always nervous, but as long as we get an entertaining match, that's that's the thing. You know, it's, it's going to be a cracker on Saturday, and I'm actually commentating that game, so I have front row seats there in Hawke's Bay. It'd be good to get home and see mum, ah, see dad. And I'll go see mum at the, at the Udapa. There you go. Fair enough, bro. That's awesome, yeah. It'll be an absolute, and I think it's going to be a romping game, so we have to give that a bit of coverage tomorrow and on Friday as well. Maybe find some uh, ex-Tasman players so you guys can butt heads. But keep your messages coming in. Double eight, double three. There you go. There's Izzy's uh, top five rivalries in sport, including the absolute <laughs> classic, which is the El Clasico. <laughs> Ah, oh, I can't get enough of that. I can listen to that every day. <laughs> Come on, Mark. You know, babe. You know, Mark. Mark and the other bay. He's he's, he's struggling. How about the how about Buck versus the Frenchman's boot it? Yeah, but Mark's Mark's. Oh, Mark. I think Mark's got it going through a bit of an identity crisis ever since he's no longer <laughs> the real Bay. We'll keep come back to more of those. Keep them coming through. Double eight, double three. Right now, it's the news with Trudy for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Bad.
As an Izzy for breakfast, it is 27 minutes away from 8 o'clock this morning. And in the IPL, I'm just taking a look up at the screen. And Baz's Kolkata Knight Riders are in the playoff picture. They are on 12 points, two points ahead of Punjab, Rajasthan Royals, and Mumbai Indians, who got a big win this morning, all on 10 points as they try to keep their playoff hunt alive. Gee whiz, it's going to get tight for the skip. Hopefully he can get it done. Just a quick little story, Izzy, before we get back to some of these texts. And then I know you want to talk about Heartland Rugby Championship before we get to Jason Kasky because it's going to be a famous weekend this weekend when Sam Kane turns out for uh, King Country. But I know this isn't unprecedented. All Blacks have played Heartland Rugby before, and I know you've been taking a little bit of a look at this. But how's this for a strange story? Wallabies 5-8... Quade Cooper denies he agreed to play for the Dave Rennie coach British Barbarians against Samoa in London in late November despite the invitational side announcing his selection. So now he's trying to backtrack and say that he hasn't done it and I don't know what's happened but there's been a breakdown of communication at some stage. So Cooper and South African forward Stephen Kitsoff uh, with the latest players announced for the November 27 clash, although Quade doesn't seem to think he's playing. So that is a bit of an awkward situation that they'll have to <laughs> wade through over there. And as I say, the Mumbai Indians got a massive win over the Rajasthan Royals this morning. I think it was seven or eight wickets in the end. Eight wickets and Jimmy Neesham going well with three wickets for 12 runs off his four overs and that's what's going on in the sporting world. And we've got some more texts here about some great rivalries, Izzy. We do, we do. We can't go past New South Wales versus Queenslander. Queenslander. Yeah, that's a great rivalry over there. Um, another one, this is quite funny. Biggest rivalry in sport, Izzy Dag versus a 30-metre pitch. Much love, Izzy. That is from Adam. Uh, Adam, you're not wrong, actually. Man, it's killing me, my wedge game. My wedge game is killing me. Me. So you're having a wee laugh. Yeah, I love that. Um, another text from PJ and Tamuka F- Fitzpatrick versus Phil Kearns. Always a few words and signals between those two. Kearnsy and Fitzpatrick. Yep, that's a cracker. Rangers versus Celtic. And the, is the greatest rivalry in all sports. Glasgow goes to war over there in the Scottish uh, Football League. Yes, that is right. That is right. Um, with another one here. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, it's Jim. Jim from Tamuka <laughs> is just Jim and PJ from Tamuka. Uh, they are persistent on the text machine. Yeah. And Jim loves to wind yeah. you up, mate. Keep them coming. Yeah. Double eight, double three. There's some great nominations there. We've managed to leave off uh, our list, but that's all right. Everyone's got an opinion. Hey, is he Jason Kasky's coming up next? He's the coach of Wanganui, yep. and I know you said that mm. you the Sam came this weekend. You were loving this, and you're loving your Heartland rugby. You've got a couple of other All Blacks that have played for um, Heartland provinces throughout the years. Yeah, I just, I just got me thinking about Sam Kane. I know there's a lot of people that probably uh, I was reading a few things yesterday against it and. Um, just get him over there and start playing. But I just looked on the other side. That this is before the game went professional. This was the breeding ground. This is where it all started for our All Blacks and the beast that it is today. So it got me thinking about past players from the from the Heartland provinces that have gone on to do bigger things in the um, in the game of rugby. So I got on the computer. I was having a wee look around and going through all the regions. Um, King Country. So Graham Whiting. He was a prop. For King Country and obviously Sir Colin Meads, uh, Poverty Bay. I went up to Poverty Bay and, and the great Sir Ian Kirkpatrick Kirky. 
up there. He's still running around on the farm as well. So Kirky uh, is another great up in Poverty Bay. Uh, Richard Tiny White. So Tiny White, he's another champion from the Poverty Bay, the East Coast. I went over to the East Coast, and that's another rivalry, Poverty Bay versus yeah. East Coast. There you go. That's a that's a classic if you're on the East Coast up in the North Island. That's always a goodie. But the East Coast, so Andy Jefford played first five and second five. Played only five tests, but um, I, I was I, I actually grew up with his son Ted, and um, yeah, so he's a champion. Another one up there from the East Coast, and the great George Nepia, the great George Nepia, who played a bit for Hawks Bay, played for the East Coast. One of the greatest fullbacks uh, to play as part of that Invincibles tour. Back in the early days of rugby, so George Nepia is another one. And and I know there's plenty more out there. There's plenty more. And I know you'll have so many memories. I was going around through all the provinces, and I went to um, Warrapa Bush, and they had a ton of All Blacks. BJ Lahore, mm. obviously the, the one that stands out for me, but um, there was many, many All Blacks from, uh, from the Heartland Champions. So I love this. I love that scene, Sam Kane, going back, giving it back to the roots, where it all starts, grassroots rugby, let us know. I know we've got a lot of Texas. We've asked you about a lot of Texas, but let us know your you, you top, you know, the All Blacks growing up from the provinces, the Heartland Championship. I've probably missed, I've definitely missed a ton of them. So keep those names coming in and let us know, like, what you think about Sammy coming back. It, it's good. It's good for the game, I'm sure. We've got another one. Greatest. <laughs> Goose, man. Greatest rivalry in sport. Izzy and his fringe. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love it, Goose. I love it. Goose. Mate. I love it. That is. Goosey. Goosey. Here yeah, we go. That's it. McEnroe and Jimmy Connors. McEnroe and Jimmy Connors. There you go. Goose. That's... Speaking of rivalries. No, don't worry. It's all good. Speaking of rivalries, I've got a McDaisy Cafe coffee coming in. How good. <laughs> that's not a rivalry. It's a love story. It's 20 minutes away from eight. Let's catch up with Jason Kasky of Wanganui after this. That's, I love that. He's the greatest, the great Heartland players throughout the years for all of the provinces. I know there's lots of them, so let us know who we have missed. Back with Jason Kasky from Wanganui after this. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. That's the Kennard's higher phone line. We'd love to hear from you, whether it's sports rivalries or whatever is taking your interest today, because there's plenty going on, including the Heartland Championship this weekend, Izzy, which we are all very fired up for here at SCNZ. Oh, yes, we are. This will be a rivalry in itself. The Butcher Boys from the Whanganui are a famous staple in Heartland rugby. They've been contenders year in, year out, but on Saturday they face a challenge they wouldn't have seen before. Ah, easy challenge, easy challenge. All Blacks captain lining up against them. Yes, Sam Kane is a King Country Ram for the weekend as he continues his rehab and will line, line up against the Butcher Boys on Saturday in Taupo and what will be one of the more special Heartland fixtures for a long time. Jason Kasky is head coach for the Butcher Boys and he joins us this morning. Good morning, Jason. Here you go, How are you, mate? I'm going well, mate. I'm going well. How are you going? How's the week been? Oh, yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Uh, exactly the uh, early Christmas present was hoping to get that, but uh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> hey, mate, he's only he's only one challenge. player. He's got two legs, yeah, two arms, mate. mate. You you spoke about yeah. that challenge, and the boys pumped. They'll be excited, won't they? Yeah, no, they are. Yeah, yeah it's good. Um, good challenge for them. So, you know, every day, uh, boys at our level get to play against a yeah, uh, yeah, first class player like Sam Kane. So, no, they're excited. So. What's been the conversations this week? What's been the conversations? Like, there's been obviously a lot of chat about King Country and and uh, Sam Kane. They've struggled though. Let's be let's be honest. They've struggled throughout this competition. 
Um, so have you, you be, main focus won't be on just Sam Kane, but the team as a whole. What's been the conversations this week? Uh, we um, didn't talk too much about just yet. Uh, usually in uh, Heartland level. So we uh, we're, don't get a lot of time to training. So um, Tuesday we usually review our week from you know, the game before and we don't really do too much looking at the opposition until Thursday night. So obviously we've discussed a bit about having to tighten up our, um, you know, our ball security and our ball care and our effectiveness at the breakdown. With the, you know, obviously the family is going to go up another notch here. So yeah, probably uh, one of our big focuses for us. So who's the open side for you boys? They'll be take, uh, you know, backing up against Sammy. They'll be taking on Sammy, Sammy Kane on Saturday. And have you spoken to yep. him about the challenge? And is he pumped? Oh, yeah. And I was talking to him at Monday. It'd be uh, Jamie Hughes, our, our usual seven. Um, so he's uh, not, a, not a big man, but he's uh, uh, got a car skill and he's uh, got a big heart. So, no, he'll be pumped. And, yeah, he'll be really excited too. Mate, the, uh, Sam Kane aside, like, what what does this do for Heartland Rugby, the exposure it's had this week? Um, obviously, when you get a player like Sam Kane, but I spoke about it before, this was the stepping stone for the beast that is the All Blacks. There's been some great All Blacks in the past uh, from around the regions. What does this do for, for Heartland Rugby, a game like this with so much um, eyes watching it, so many eyes? Yeah, I think it just heightens the profile a fair bit because obviously the... You know, like you say, the interest this week and um, Harlan doesn't get talked about a hell of a lot and uh, all of a sudden it's in, in the uh, headlines and um, just the opportunities. It's a, it's a pity they didn't chuck a couple of those other boys our way as well, like you know, Payne Coles <laughs> and Sam Whitelock would have been quite handy. So. <laughs> it would have been, that would have been a real spectacle, Jason. What, what about your, yeah. your, yourself? What's your, what's your background with the, the heartland and the scene and when did you kind of get involved with it? And Whanganui, I know, is a, like the town and then the region absolutely loves the Butcher Boys, right? So how big is it and, and what's your personal involvement with the team? Yep, I started with uh, Long Road back in 2006, 2007, so I've been there for wow. yeah, quite a while. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great team to be involved with, a uh, great team to coach. Um, I always love, love playing a bit of rugby and uh, very attacking. Um, not the biggest, never the biggest team around, but uh, we like using the ball. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a, a privilege to be involved with Long Road. Hey, mate. Um Funny wee story, actually. I, I used to live up the Waitotara Valley, and I went to I lived oh, in Namatapuri. Yeah, I used to live in Namatapuri when I was young. Uh, I went to Namatapuri uh, Primary. Is anyone in the team from up those ways? Yeah, we've got we've got um, two boys that play for Namatapuri now because they come back into the club, uh, club rugby fold about five years ago, so they've been uh, you know, back in the club rugby scene. So all beekeepers though. Yeah. <laughs> it's the main industry up there, Valley now. Oh, it's the middle of nowhere, isn't it? I was a young fella. I was only four or five years old. I can't really remember yeah. it, but it's the middle of nowhere. Oh, no, it's, uh, it's interesting here, but you know, there's these several boys from up the valley, so. Yeah. Oh, nice, mate. Oh, nice. Um, oh, another question here. Sorry. Uh, what about Craig Clear? Craig Clear, he's played for you. He's playing for you at the moment, and I uh, played against Craig a few times. He's played for the Highlanders. What has he done for the for the province, mate? Has he brought a lot of giving back to the younger generation? Yeah, yeah, no, he's been really good. Um, 
we just sort of keep squeezing another year out of the old fella. He uh, comes around and he's talking about <laughs> retirement, but we've been lucky to keep pushing him for about the last three years. So, uh, no, yes, for us, um, lots of you know, just you know, lots of knowledge sharing and, and really good for the young guys. And he's still still going pretty well, actually, to give his credit. So still going well. Awesome, Jason. It's it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a cool weekend. I know you you probably just want to get to Thursday and get to the game and let you guys go, and it will be business as usual a little bit. But there's a lot of um, eyes on the eyes on the Heartland Championship, and I think I agree with you. It's a really good thing, mate. Give the competition some exposure. So all the best, go well. I'm sure Nigel Yolden and all your uh, fans will be up and about and very excited. So um, we'll catch up again at some stage, and I hope you guys have a really a really successful rest mate, of the I'll, season. I'll come yeah, join you, mate. I've got so. one leg. Will that be all right? I've got one leg. I'll come give you a hand. <laughs> that, that'll be enough, mate. That'll be enough. Uh, good name, mate. Thanks very much. Yeah. See you, Jason. Awesome. <laughs> like, the, the Butcher Boys are up against it. they got the All Blacks captain, and they've got an undersized, uh, an undersized open side. But I feel like every club rugby has the undersized open side. The guy that just mm. can tackle, never misses a tackle, who loves getting the head over the pill and just gets thrown around. That's so classic grassroots rugby, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. It, it, he was talking about like they're playing king country. They've they've lost by fifty points the last couple. Of so, um, look, it's it's going to be a great game. And um, I'll just I'll, like rugby aside, yeah, just a great opportunity for these younger players and and the fans and Topo to go around. You know, obviously they can't go see him, but stand outside and watch from afar and and get a great view of um, Sammy Kane up against Whanganui because and they're a squally side, mate. They're gonna, they're going to put them under a lot of pressure, and it'll be a perfect game building towards when he goes to Washington. So looking forward to it. Beautiful stuff. All right, well, we've got a text here from Jeff we'll get to after this, looking at sporting rivalries. Keep your texts coming through on double eight double three, or give us a call, 0800-150-811. We would love to hear from you. Go on the Heartland Championship. We're loving it at SCNZ, and why wouldn't you? Back after this. Yes, you are, and it is three minutes away from the news with Trudy, but we've got some great texts here, is he, after our guy Max from uh, Sports Illustrated over in New York said that the, the Yankees and the Red Sox would have to be the biggest rivalry in sport in the States and maybe the world, and lots of people agree, but also lots of people coming through with other suggestions like Jeff, Cambridge versus, versus Oxford rowing, Jeff Roxburgh. Thanks, Jeff. That is a massive, a massive rivalry there. I know that they love that year and you're out with the eights. Yes, mate. And there's another one here. What about Mark Lewin and King Curtis in wrestling? And it got me thinking about the wrestling circle, when it was real wrestling. WWF, when The Undertaker, I reckon Undertaker Mankind, Undertaker Mankind, am I right? There'd be plenty more. There'd be plenty more. British Bulldog versus the Heartbreak Kid. Am I right, <laughs> Michael? You know, like there'd be plenty in the, in the wrestling industry. Give us some more on Double Eight Double Three couple of texts here. I'm not going to read that one. The Canes versus the Crusaders. That's just not even a rivalry, mate. They just don't know what you're on about, Brad. Anyway, Rocky versus Apollo and Creed. <laughs> yes. Germany versus England in football. And, uh, yeah, there's some crackers here. Some absolute crackers. It's got the mind going. It's got the mind going, mate. Wrestling. What a sport. I love that. You do. You and Baz absolutely love. Um, you and Baz absolutely love your wrestling. I must say, it kind of passed mm. me by a little bit. Um, and then there's some. We talk. We we did talk to Max about. Uh, we 
rivalries us in the Red Sox and the Yankees, but he was talking baseball. And I know, Izzy, you've been a massive fan of Shohei Otani. And we got a text here, boys. How good was Shohei Otani for the Angels this year? Babe Ruth-like performances on both sides of the ball. <laughs> to use as his words, he's had his unbelievable season. Well, quite literally, really. Hoping, like heck, Dodgers win the wild card so they match up against the Giants. Both teams won over 106 games. Leave your name. Who was that? That's a great text of someone that actually does understand baseball. But you love Otani, don't you, Izzy? Otani? Yeah. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Shohei Otani for the Angels. Yes, Anaheim Angels and uh, Mike Trout. Uh, Albert Pujols, when he used to play for the way to follow them then. Um, they, were, oh, they had a pitcher, a real good pitcher. I can't remember his name now. But I'm not a huge baseball fan, but I do like the Anaheim Angels, Mike Trout, and when Albert Pujols was there. So there you go. Nice. That's my team. Appreciate Great text, mate. Leave your name. Yeah, appreciate your text, and we'll get to some more after this. We've got Taylor Barry coming up right now. It's the news with Trudy for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. It is just after 8 in the morning on the Wednesday, the 6th of October. 6th of October. Baz is over in the UAE doing good things with the Calcutta Knight Riders over there. So we miss him. We miss him dearly. Hopefully he's back soon. But we've had a great couple of years, actually. The rivalries has really got the text machine going. So keep those coming in. Keep those coming in. We've got Bone Crusher versus Waverly Star from Gaz. That is in the Cox Plate in 1986. Ted sent the same message in as well. England versus the penalties in football. That is from Matt. Oh, Matty. Matty. England versus penalties. Yeah, they've had a tough run, mate. Let's be honest. Europa champions. That that Europe, uh, Europe, whatever that one when they lost to Italy. Oh, that was heartbreak. Heartbreak. Anyway, uh, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man. We've got The Rock versus Steve Austin. Wow, we got keep them coming. Keep them coming. They're awesome. I'll read those a couple of... I'll read a couple more a bit later on in the show. But coming up, coming up, we're going to cross over to Taylor Barry over in Las Vegas as he and the boxing world was flipped on its head when AJ lost to Alexander Usyk in heavyweight boxing division. Usyk holds most of the cards now. Not all the cards. Most of the cards. But anyway, Tyson Fury does battle this weekend. He takes on Deontay Wilder and someone that knows that's been in his corner for a very long time. Past four fights will also be in his corner this weekend is Taylor Barry. So we're going to join him a bit later on. Then after that, we're going to cross over and hopefully, hopefully we're going to get Danielle Johnson landing in the show. Danielle Johnson's riding today in Topor. If we get her, that'll be cracking. She's going to be great fun. But anyway, um, we've had a great hour. If you missed anything, make sure you download the app, SCNZ app. Go to all things Baz and Izzy for breakfast and you'll catch up. We caught up with Jason Kasky. He is the coach of the uh, Whanganui Butcher Boys team. He was pretty, pretty shy, pretty calm, didn't really give too much away, but he's excited about the challenge that Sam Kane will be bringing. We also had Max Goodman talking all things baseball, Red Sox versus Yankees over in Australia. And uh, we've got some good text messages coming through. But anyway, talk enough of that. We're going to talk boxing. We're going to talk boxing. This Sunday, New Zealand time, boxing fans will see the trilogy of fights between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder completed after a long layoff, which has seen court injunctions, a new heavyweight champion of the world being crowned, and plenty, plenty smack talk. If the third installment in Vegas is anything like the previous two, we'll be in for fireworks again. And one man who will be of the best view in the house is Kiwi boxing coach Taylor Barry, 
who has been in Fury's Corner and will be in the, again this weekend. Taylor's with us now. How are you, Taylor? What's up, Izzy? <laughs> How you doing, brother? I'm good, mate. How's everything you're in? Oh. Yeah, good, man. Good, man. New Zealand's, yeah, it's pretty cold outside. Not, not, I'd rather be in Vegas, mate. Let's be honest. I'd rather be in Vegas. How's Vegas going at the moment? Mate, everything's good. You know, we're, um, we're out of lockdown. Life's pretty normal. Full capacity crowds, no face masks. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's good to have some kind of normality again. Nice, mate. Nice. Um, well, let's talk about this. You've been with Tyson Fury. I've been following you, you know, seeing the stories on Instagram. How's his preparations mm-hmm. been, bud? Mate, really good, actually. You know, um, obviously, you know, co- he caught COVID back in the beginning of mm. July, just before, you know, the previous fight. And, you know, we, we had done eight weeks training in Vegas. So, you know, he, he's very, very fit. You know, even with the delay, we, you know, we stayed focused and he's on track. Yeah. He's, he's there to have a really good performance. And now, look, he's fo- focused on Deontay Wilder, let's be honest, but... The, the the shock, you know, was it a shock? Was it a shock initially when AJ lost, mate? And, and what was the reactions from, from Tyson uh, after that? Well, you know what? We we had talked about the fight, you know, on the Friday. And mm. Between, uh, you know, it's it's one of them things, you know. I, I thought Joshua mm. would lose with a style of Usyk. You know, I think yeah. so did Tyson. So I think he knew to yeah. prepare for a loss because, you know, it's heavyweight boxing. Anything can happen at any moment, so... You know, mm. he wasn't a very happy man on Monday, you know, missing a $100 million payday, <laughs> but hey, it is what it is with boxing. <laughs> oh, nice, man. Oh, let's go back to Wilder and this much-anticipated match. There's been a lot of chat off the court and off the, off the outside the ring, I must say. Um, you know, heading into this week, how do you see it panning out, bud? Well, you know, Deontay doesn't get the respect he probably deserves, you know, he's if not the biggest punch of boxing he's ever seen, you know, so anything yeah. could happen at any moment. If he hits Tyson clean, who knows? But, you know, what I've seen in the gym of Tyson, we've brought in really, really high, high level sparring. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's very focused. I, I don't see it playing out any different from the last fight. You know, if not, it could, it could, you know, could be earlier. Nice. Nice. And what about you? What, what, what do you enjoy being in? You've been in the corner of many great boxing uh, you know, heavyweight fighters around the world. What are you enjoying about being with Tyson, mate? And what's what's his point of difference? You know, it's just how, you know, that the vibe around Tyson. You know, he likes to. He's taught me a lot about it in camps and stuff. You know, boxing is quite a serious sport, but you know, he, yeah. he brings a different kind of energy and vibe in the gym, and it's something that I'm gonna kind of take from him and you know start putting it around my fighters and and that I, it's it's good fun. It makes boxing fun. Nice. I, mate, I'm going to ask you about this boxing, uh, boxing world that we're living in at the moment uh, with the Paul brothers. With the Paul brothers, and, you know, they're going out and making money. What's your view on, on these charity fights, bud? Like, I've been a bit at crossroads with it. I'm a bit unsure, you know? Like, is it, is it putting a dent on the, on the sport of boxing, or do you see it as a positive? Mate, I, you know, you can look at it both ways. I feel like the older generation, you know, like the boxing OGs, like my father, yeah. you know, they probably look yeah. at it and see it as like a disrespect to the sport. But I feel like it brings a lot of new viewership to our sport as well as, you know, it's good on them. You know, they're going in making, you know, millions of dollars, bringing a lot of attention to, yeah. to boxing. And, you know, I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. 
you have to give anyone respect that gets in. You know, that's, that's a very yeah. hard sport to get in and kind of do that. You know, you have to give these kids respect. Yeah, hey, yeah, for sure, but Taylor, you don't see me in there. <laughs> no, neither. <It's> Taylor's <laughs> Louis here, man. Hey, thanks for taking a call and taking some time. I'm curious. Tyson is uh, like he's Tyson Fury is one of the most interesting guys I reckon athletes world over. And you get a little bit of a look at him. It, hey, does he reference the, his battles in the gym and in camp? Like, how open is it when he's kind of in camp and preparing for a fight about what's happened previously in his personal life and the way he kind of looks at boxing now? Because I know he talks about a lot of the stuff when he's interviewed but does he really live his life and express this stuff? You know what, Tyson, you know, he doesn't really revert back to his previous history of what he's done and what he's gone through, you know, because he's kind of in a in a new journey of his life. Like, he's beaten depression and he's, you know, mm. beaten everything that he's gone through. You know, he, I think it's something that you leave behind as well as you try and help the people in these times kind of, guide them through it and i know there's you know a lot of world-class athletes a lot of nfl players that i have that have battled the same kind of things that have come up to me and just kind of told me that tyson's helped them just by you know his motivation the way he speaks and gives back to like that kind of community and so yeah cool yeah, yeah, yeah. He lives in the moment. He speaks about that, right? Kind of like he, he's got a very bizarre, well, not a bizarre, but a unique outlook on time and what, like, his existence in kind of, you know, what he's doing in time. And I've heard him talk about it before, and it is really fascinating. Hey, what fight do you think makes the most sense for the heavyweight division next then? Like, knowing that the, the, the big payday Tyson's not going to get it, what do you think personally makes the most sense for the division? Man, you know, it's really, really hard, but, you know, I hate, you know, I think the next big fight out there for him is, is if if Dillian White gets through Ottawa Lynn on October 30, I think that's a big fight in the UK, the interim champ versus the regular champ, you know, as well as I think Dillian White deserves deserves a shot, you know, he had a good fight with AJ, he's been Parker, yeah. he's been Povetkin and all these elite guys, and I think he's next in line. Nice, bro. Nice. Okay, what does this do for Joe, bro? What does this do for Joe? Does it with Usyk getting the the win over AJ? Does that bring Joe back into contention to potentially get another shot? Um, you know, it's hard to say. Obviously, Usyk now the unified heavyweight champ. He's gonna yeah. he's gonna get his rematch with uh with Joshua. So that will probably be before May next year. And then you know you see Joseph at number two, and then Joe Joyce at number one now. So you know, he he'll probably have to fight a title eliminator versus you know a very dangerous opponent over in the UK, and then you know if he gets through that, then definitely he'll definitely be there for a world title shot. Nice man. Well, just to finish, man, I know you've been training Steve Aoki. Is he going to be playing uh, post <laughs> post the fight at, with after Fury? You got a little front row seat to Steve Aoki and the cake man. <laughs> He's actually doing Tyson's after party on Saturday and then the, the, the yes. on Sunday, so yeah, it'll be good fun. <laughs> oh, man, you lucky fella, man. I'm sick of watching you on Instagram hanging out with these big dogs. Big dogs. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, just before we let go, we've, we've talked about rivalries in sport, mate. If off the top of your head, which, who is the, which is the biggest rivalry in sport, boxing or any sport? What comes to mind for you? You know, it's hard to say in boxing because you get some kind of rivalries, but I don't. I think you know, there's some football rivalries that are quite big over here. That you know, the viewership's crazy. Like obviously, the big rivalry between Tampa Bay and New England now is a big thing. So. Mm. Yeah. 
What about your Raiders, bruh? They're going good. Three and one. <laughs> yeah, no, three and one. You know, we got beat last night, but now they're going really well. You know, it's, it's good to see a lot of the guys. I have about 20 of them, so it's good to see all the boys out there doing their thing and, and doing well. Nice, man. Nice. Hey, uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, Taylor Barry here is in the corner for Tyson Fury. I'm back in Tyson all the way, mate. So thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate your time. Taylor Barry. Appreciate it, Izzy. Awesome, brother. Thank you. There you okay. go. It's, um, it's so cool to hear a young Kiwi. So obviously Taylor is Kevin's son and he's over there training. So does he actually train the NFL players as well, is he? So he's got his gym. Yeah, has... so he's training a lot of the – yeah, he's got, he's got his own little gym and he's training a lot of the NFL players. Um, he does a lot of boxing fitness for them and getting them in there and that's why he's, he's had Steve Aoki. If you don't know Steve Aoki, he's a big DJ around the world. He's a guy that on stage chucks cakes into the crowd and – He's a bit of a, it's it's a Vegas thing. It's a Vegas thing. Cakes um, like um yeah, he, like he, birthday cakes. Yeah, like big birthday like full icing cakes. He just throws them into the crowd and people are like yeah. It's, there you go. You go Google it. Steve Aoki. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Aoki in Vegas. Uh, okay. But um. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta live. Been to Vegas. I haven't been to Vegas, mate. It's on the bucket oh. list, but I don't know whether how well I'd go in Vegas. So just knowing my um my flaws. Can I, Izzy? Can oh. I? Can I? Can I play you something? I found a little bit of audio from Tyson Fury, and because you hear, um, you know, you hear these guys talk about the way Tyson acts and his kind of existence in the moment in time. And he's a super mm. interesting guy. Have a listen to this about what he would be doing after boxing in life without boxing. After boxing, I'm going to be a very, very lonely, sad person. I think. I've tried. I've tried everything. I've tried the animals. I've tried uh, four-wheel driving. I got a shotgun license. I tried clay pigeon shooting. I've done all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and nothing, nothing nothing, turned me on. The only thing that I'm attracted to is this horrible game that I'm involved in. I've been out. I've drunk all the beer in the world. I've done everything that's out there to do. I've been on boats, planes, and automobiles. I've stayed in lovely hotels. I've done everything. I've had dinners for two, three grand at a time. Does it make me happy? No. It's a little bit of a bleak outlook, but it's kind of like he is he is indebted and he is married to the sport of boxing and nothing else. Like he he genuinely thinks he's born put on this earth to box. Mm, oh, yeah, that's fascinating. Um, yeah, well, he's he's been open about his own, his own struggles, and I love it. I love it how how open he is about it, and he's come a long way since those days. So. Um, Oh, it's good. It just shows that you don't need all the money in the world and you don't need all these flashy things, boats, all those flash dinners, uh, you know, cars, planes, whatever, to be happy. And boxing makes his hap- makes him happy. I know from following, I don't know from Bar Soap, from following him on Instagram, I know his family. He's very passionate about his family, his kids. They are a big, big part of his life. His, his brother, um, oh, I forgot his name. Huey? Fury, Tommy Fury. Tommy. Tommy Fury. Tommy Fury and um, yeah, he's an up and coming boxer. So just yeah, just from following him, I know family is a huge part. So post this, I think he's just going to spend time with his family and watch his kids grow up because that is a big part. You you're so indebted to sport. You're so um, you make so many sacrifices, and one of those sacrifices is your family to sport. And I think post it, he's just going to spend time with his kids and watch them grow and, and support them. And uh, I'll just yeah look forward to watching that journey. Yep, bang on, mate. And that that bit of audio there was from the BBC Five Light, uh, the pub 
the boxing podcast and he actually goes on and talk he does talk about his family and he says he doesn't need the lavish life 50 million dollars 100 million dollars although taylor said he was a bit grumpy he said it doesn't matter to him because he lives a life that doesn't need a lot of luxury um he just wants to box and carry on so there you go that's tyson fury and it was uh, taylor barry talking about being in tyson fury's corner which for a young kiwi dude i think is is really really quite incredible is he and um the, the silver ferns side has or squad has been named for the Cadbury Netball series that they're going up against the New Zealand men, the Aotearoa men, and that side's been named. I'll just quickly um, have a look and see who's back. Well, it's Sulu Fitzpatrick is missing from the side, so she's going to remain in Auckland. Um, but we've got Captain Gina Crampton back, so it's good to see her back after nice. suffering a, a side strain. So there you go, there's a couple of names back in that, and you can go find that whole squad online. Um, that'll be an interesting series with the men stepping in instead of the Constellation Cup. I'm pretty sure that was meant to go on plenty of texts there about greatest rivalries in sport Paul Moate on the other side he'll no doubt have another suggestion as well it's 18 and a half minutes past 8 o'clock we're here with Chemist Warehouse great savings every day Baz and Izzy for breakfast back after this it is 23 minutes past 8 o'clock love talking Tyson Fury and boxing this weekend the trilogy against Deontay Wilder can't wait for that that's quite a good sporting rivalry, is he? And there are plenty more coming in. This has been a bit of a crowd pleaser because it's everyone remembers that classic rivalry, don't you? Mm. They do, they do. Kelly Slater versus the late Andy Irons and in surfing. Yes, the late Andy Irons. That's a hell of a hell of a rivalry. We've got Red Sox, Yankees, Rabbits, Roosters, Christchurch Boys, High versus Christ College and Chelsea, man, you that is from an unknown texter. How yeah, there's so many rivalries in high school rugby. This one's a cracker. Auckland Grammar versus King versus Kings College, greatest rivalry in first fifteen rugby. Napier Boys versus Hastings Boys in, in the Mighty Hawks Bay there. Carlos Spencer versus uh, against Andrew Murdens for the number ten jersey for the All Blacks. And then this one, I don't know if you watched the movie. I, oh, Green Street Hooligans. Green Street Hooligans. Not sure if anyone has mentioned the mighty Millwall Lions versus West Ham as one of the great rivalries in the soccer world. Millwall's grandstand chant was, nobody likes us, but we don't care. So everyone was a major rival, to be fair. <laughs> so there you go. That's from Tim the Teacher. Tim the Teacher. How are you, bud? You haven't texted for a while, Timmy. Good to hear from you, mate. And then Lakers versus Celtics. That is an absolute classic as well. And someone that will have no, a few rivalries in his time. Paul Moati, he's a bit of a rivalry of the show, isn't he? Yeah, it's us Bears versus him. versus Paul Moati. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> How are you, Paul? Yeah, I'd like to think of myself as a friend of the show, to be fair. Oh, oh. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. You are a friend. I really, really yeah. like you, Paul. Yeah. yeah, well, I think it, there's more a rivalry between you guys and Smithy. <laughs> Ooh, I, know. I think we're on no good way. terms with Smithy. Actually. Oh, really? Is he? I was thinking we were actually being. I was worried when Baz left that Smithy would just start looking at us as kind of you know nothing. Well, I think he's been nice. Lucky I'm from Hawks Bay. Let's be honest. Lucky I'm from Hawks Bay. And I went to school for his kids. Otherwise, he'd be ripping us to shreds. That's all I can look for in that relationship and why he's been so nice. That's the only thing I could see. Yeah, once a magpie, always a magpie. <laughs> you were kind of like. Paul, we're kind of like frenemies, I reckon. We're like, you know, we we, we love you and we, we really enjoy your, your TAB live update every day. But at the same time, like if we can get one over you at Taupo and we've got Stephen Marsh who's coming on in about 15 minutes and he's got a big team in today. So if um if we can get Marshy to tip us one out at Taupo, then, then hopefully then that's the more enemy side of it, if you know what I mean. <laughs> 
Well, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Topor because we've got a bonus pack promotion on races one and two at Topor today. And I can tell you there has been some action in race one and it's it's on a daughter of Sacred Falls, trained by one Stephen Marsh, written by Danielle Johnson today. Number 12, Margaret Jean, has seen some significant action uh, now into $6.00. Uh, I think opened up at around the $9 quote, so into $6. There's your market mover uh, so far in race one, Margaret Jean, trained by Stephen Marsh. And in race two, the first starter that has also seen some cash come its way, uh, quota, number 10, quota, $14 into $8, trained by Todd W. Mitchell, Bridget Grills, takes them out, first starter, quota, as they say, where there's smoke, there's fire. Well, that's what the, that's what usually happens, boys. Okay. Oh, this is quota paying eight bucks. Yeah, this is brilliant. And in the first, we've got uh, Margaret Jean paying six dollars in from nines. And Paul, Paulie, so those are bonus back races in race six. There's another one that's just been absolutely hammered in the market. Sophistical opened at four dollars fifty. It's into three dollars thirty now. Stephen Marsh and Danielle Johnson. You think that that combo might do some damage today? Oh. I'm concerned, yeah, I'm concerned. We, we don't need this on a Wednesday. <laughs> As you say, the uh, Stephen Marsh-Daniel Johnson combination uh, could be one to follow today because we have seen uh, a bit of money go the way of Stephen Marsh's mount in race one and, as you say, also in race six, sophistical, number nine, 450 into 330. Gee whiz. Any, any great rivalries for you, Paul? Um. Oh, yeah, off the top of my head, <laughs> it seems like it sometimes. It seems like it. Yeah. Well, I like the I like uh, Hawks Bay against Bay of Plenty uh, because yes. the winner of that can always call themselves uh, the real Bay. Uh, and you know, uh, say it, say it. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful oh. stuff, Paul. Appreciate your time, mate. Tomorrow we'll be back. Actually, this afternoon when we get markets open, you might have early mail. We might be on the pulse today. We've got to get a winner for the You're going to bring a song tomorrow, Paulie? You're going to bring a little song? I'll bring you one Friday. I'll bring a, I'll br- I'll bring a song when you guys bring a winner for you. Frenemies, I told you. Frenemies <laughs> yeah. just he loves you in. We miss one. <laughs> we miss one and you've come at me. Oh, <laughs> Promotions in play and hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. You oh. deserve a word. Unbelievable, Paul. Unbelievable. <laughs> he loves you in and then he just, he just lands and pops a little straight right jab on the nose. Frenemies, Paul Moate from the TAB. Love it, mate. That's a great rivalry in sport. Stephen Marsh, we're going to ask him about those runners that have been punted in the market very shortly. But right now, it's time for the news with Trudy for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Twenty-eight minutes away from nine o'clock. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven is the Kenatire phone line. You can come through and have a chat to us before the morning is up. We got Stephen Marsh, the gun trainer out of Cambridge, coming up shortly to preview Topor. 
And also some more texts on uh, great rivalries that are flooding through on double eight, double three. Just a couple of quick uh, headlines before we get there. I really enjoyed this story. So Bubba Wallace said becoming the first black driver in 58 years to win a race in NASCAR's Premier Series brought a lot of emotion, and it absolutely would. Um, he he has kind of seen it all, really. I remember, was it last year? There was that terrible story going around that they thought that they found a noose hung outside his uh, mm. garage in the NASCAR, and whether it was or wasn't, you know, it was kind of didn't matter in the end. The racism that kind of he has experienced and he had felt, you know, with the George Floyd movement and the Black Lives Matter movement, a lot of the NASCAR drivers, or I think all of them, really stood behind him and they marched and they protested. And he really was supported by the community. Well, he felt he was. Of course, there wasn't always that way. So for him to get this massive win, 58 years since it last happened, the first in 58 years. It's incredible. So I believe it would bring a lot of emotion, and I'm really happy. It's a great news story in a time where sometimes it's hard to find really good news stories. And at a glance, the Silver Ferns squad to take on the Aotearoa men, which is the series, will be held in Wellington, not Hamilton. Uh, here's here's the squad. Jamie Hume, Tiana Matoto, Grace Nowicki, um, Tapia Selby-Rickett, Maya Wilson, Gina Crampton, Maddie Gordon, Kate Heffernan, Claire Kirsten, Shannon Saunders, Peter Toyava, Sam Winders in the midcourt, defenders Karen Berger, Kelly Jury, Paris Lokotui and Georgia Tong. So there you go. Congratulations to all the ladies named in that Silver Fern squad. We're excited for that series, aren't we? I can't wait, mate. It's live on TVNZ2 as well. It's live on oh, TVNZ2 awesome. on channel free to air on TV2. So you can watch all the action. I'm looking forward to that series against the men's against England. You've got to take your hats off against England. Roses, they played outstanding. I think their um, you know, man-to-man coverage or woman-to-woman coverage, they just couldn't let, especially around the midcourt, they just couldn't let the, the Silver Ferns get the ball into the goal. Silver Ferns were always having to go back before they went forward and, and they, they put them under a lot of pressure and Nolene's already come out and said there's a lot of things to work on. I think that's the main, uh, the biggest part is trying to get all the girls to move, get into space, which is easier said than done, Yeah. Um, obviously, but... Um, yeah, looking forward to that series. They're up against the men's side who put them under a lot of pressure last year in that series. Um, their seven-foot giant won't be here, which will probably help them uh, <laughs> down, in, <laughs> down, in, down in the goal. Um, so looking forward to that series, mate. It's going uh, to be a cracker. We'll get a few guests on over the next couple of days. We'll pump that up. And uh, really looking forward to the Silver Fern series. At seven, a seven-foot shooter. I remember seeing that last time around just thinking that was – out of line, really, but um, yeah, no, throw anything yet at the women, they are tough and they want the battle and they, they want to play at the top level, which is well, they want the men to bring their absolute A game, which is awesome. So, we can't wait for that. How good's this text? Is he double eight double three Vodafone versus Telecom? Great rivalries, <laughs> <laughs> Telecom, Telecom, yes, it was a great rivalry. Now it's Vodafone versus Spark, but um, we've been there's been some crackers coming, and we spoke about. Uh, high school rugby. So there's one here that says Waikato Rugby League. Turanga YY versus Tani Faro. Uh, Tani Faro. Uh, hopefully I said that right. Sorry, bro. Tani Faro. Yep. Bit of a sore point at the moment for us in Huntley. Back-to-back grand final losses to the Cuzzies down the river. And Teoti versus Tepani. So Teoti College is the Hawke's Bay uh, school and it's a uh, wonderful Māori school. Um, we played the many, many times. So I think it's Teoti College versus Hatopolra which is another mighty school close to there. So there's some cracking um, rivalries around the country. And that's what I love about sport, mate. Sport brings 
like these kind of games and these battles to the to the fruition. You know, like this is uh, this is what sports all about. You create those little inner competitions, but inside a competition, and it's it's awesome. And I've got another text here: Nomads versus New Brighton, Div Three, Christchurch, Con. <laughs> huge rivalry. Well, Nomads, Nomads have got more sponsors than the New England Patriots, so I'm not surprised that they're winning the com. I think they won the final by 50 points. Come on, boys. That is from Tom Chamberlain. Tom Chamberlain. I've got a few mates that play for them. Absolute grubs. Anyway, um, there you go. A couple of good good texts coming in. Great rivalries. Paul Harrigan versus Mark Carroll. Oh, Spud. Paul Harrigan, Mark Carroll. That's from Craig. They just tried so, to yeah. kill it. Keep them coming. They just tried to kill each other. I think Spud actually turns <laughs> up every once in a while on the SEN uh, drive show up in Sydney. Um, he, he goes good as well. I actually met him, and he, he reeked a cologne, but he is a very large man. He had a great story about um, being Russell Crowe's bouncer, personal security guard once he retired. Mark Spud Carroll, he's a mm. fascinating unit. So uh, if you can get a chance to listen to Do you know to what's got me? Do you know what's got me now? Every time I say versus, I just think of Trudy because she <laughs> brought it up yesterday. <laughs> and today we've had a lot of verses in the text machine. And I'm, every time I say, oh, have I said it right? Have I said it right? Have I said unbelievable yet? I can't not <laughs> Normally say it. it's Louis who's the grammar Nazi, but it's... Um, you, you, it was but, once. <laughs> but yeah, I just, it's, yeah, it just gets oh. me when people say verse, like All Blacks versus Australia, it's verses. So you guys told me off for picking on the person that wrote Bowden, B-O-D-O-N. <laughs> We're not telling Trudy off, are we? are celebrating her picnic dress. <laughs> picnic dress, yeah. So, um, well, it's, I think it's the matter of the tone, Louis. The matter of the tone. <laughs> oh, how how yeah. many times at home, how many times do you at home when you haven't a little you know, cat fight, and you know, and tone is real. Tone, Louis. You know, it's all about the tone, Louis. And smile. your tone was very aggressive. Say it with a smile. Yeah, that's right. And a little wink. bit of pass ag. <laughs> I need to put a put a picnic dress on, maybe. <laughs> you watch the picnic dresses will be out in force in Auckland. It'll be, good. They'll be everywhere. Yep. Good on you. I, I, we want to know where you're picnicking tomorrow, right? Stephen Marsh can't be far away. We're talking toe poor races today. He's got a couple of really nice chances, and the money's on. And when the money's on for Marshy, you want to be on as well. It's 21 minutes away from 9 o'clock. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thank you for that. We've got Smithy coming up after 9 o'clock into Staffy. And then, of course, uh, Kirst and Beeve today. Plenty going on in the world of sport. And as I open my TAB account, well, it's looking pretty grim. So... <laughs> That's all right. That probably represents... No, actually, it wasn't that bad of a weekend. Maybe just got a bit trigger-happy on Sunday, get a bit itchy on Sundays. But today, Topor is running, so we've got some nice horses, and the tracks are drying out. It's a bit better to punt at this time of year. Leading trainer down there who's got a nice team in today is Stephen Marsh. Morning to you, Marshy. Morning. How are we doing? Yeah, good, mate. How are you doing? The tracks are starting to dry out. Is it a bit better of time to send your teams to try and get some prize money? Yeah, look, we're... Um... Just a shame they got a bit of rain yesterday, so the tracks sort of gone back to that slow eight. But a lot of them just need to kick off and really get underway. So it might not suit a few of them, but uh, yeah, it's more about getting underway, to be honest. Yeah, so that's kind of that niggly time of year where you, there's not too many options if it keeps raining, right? So you, you can put keep them back, hold them back a week or two. But if it keeps raining, you just have to start. Get on the uh, get on the road, that's for sure. And at least yeah, you know, slow eight probably. Uh, Hopefully dries to a seven, maybe, and uh, yeah, it certainly won't bottom them out. It's not like a, it's not like a winter week, anyway, that's for sure. Yeah, that's good. How's morale down there, mate? You usually got a good pulse of the nation down there at the Equine Nation. We've got our frequency nine fifty four AM up in the Waikato now. Obviously, people ward wall be listening to SCNZ. But how is morale down there as the spring is underway? Yeah, look, everything's everything's good. You know, like prize money's gone up a bit. The weather's starting to improve. 
everything's uh, everyone's just you know looking forward to those good tracks, and no, I think everyone's pretty upbeat and pretty happy about things. Well, Steve, mate, we're, I love a wee tip. Well, how do we look? He's the man. He's the man. Jockey by Michael McNabb. It's three one one fresh. It loves a slow track. It's paying seven bucks, and that is just juicy odds. And I love a juicy odd. How's that going to go today? Yes, he loves the track, and as you say, got the right draw. Uh, he's going really well. He's better at fourteen hundred, but uh, you know, slow track. Well, he's got a few things uh, in his favour. You know, down to a ten horse field, he should be right thereabouts for sure. Yep, probably nice each way. Nice. Awesome, awesome. Okay, what's your... I'd love a tip. I just love a tip. So what's your best tip today? <laughs> Give me something. I need a, I need a winner. Well, I'll tell you what. If the track's still all right by race six and the insides are right, I thought Sophistical was very hard to beat. My only concern is the okay. barrier one late in the day. Um, just got some really nice sort of chances all around. You know, like Bugatti's trolled up super. Divine Savage going great. Um... La Bella Beals, you know, like we've got just nice, just good runners all day. Um, mm. I thought maybe that sophistical with the track was all right might have been the best of them. Yeah, it looks, okay. looks, it looks nice, doesn't it? So it's had a bit of a break now. What she's four now, the mare, and um, yeah, good jockey up, good barrier as you say. We just hope it doesn't get cut up too much, Marshy. In the first, we just had Paul Moadia from the TAB, and he made the poignant point that one's taking a bit of cash in the first. It's the go racing Margaret Jean. It's a wider barrier, second up, but nines into sixes. Is that the syndicate getting a bit happy? Yeah, I think that's what happens when you've got big syndicates. They all have, um, you know, 50-odd each way, and it looks like there's been some massive money, but probably it's more loyal support from the syndicate. She is going good. I thought her first up run was real good at Taubo. Um Sort of wanted to run her over a mile, but lack of options for her close draw. So I've given her a trial in between, and oh, I think luck and, yeah, she's into barrier 12 now. I think luck in the running, she should be a real chance. So you're saying bet with the head, not the heart? <laughs> Well, it's still got to be a nice each way, right, you know, in a pretty open sort of a field. Yeah, I don't know which way, <laughs> head or heart. Poorly, anyway. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't often matter when the results are the same. <laughs> Marshy, that's what kind of gets what gets you a bit frustrated. Hey, it's um. do you have anything heading down to the – have you got anything exciting? Or how much of a part do you think you guys are going to play in the Christchurch Carnival this year? That's not far away. Um, Cup week down there, we love it. And you've usually, you know, supported the South quite often with decent teams down there. How much do you have down there? And are you excited for that to get underway? Yeah, excited. We've got some nice uh, nice horses already down there. Um, we've sent Lincoln King down. Um, yeah, we've got the old Faithfuls down there, you know, the old Rocantos and whatnot. Deal's done. It's going really good. Um, you know, the likes of new horses of the stable, Monza Sakito, she ran third the other day, fresh up. Um, she's going along really good. Probably the you know the ones I'm looking forward to getting down there like Horde the Bourbon he was very unlucky the other day yeah. at um, Hawks Bay he's going great I think he's a I think he's a solid chance in the 2000 Guineas I really like that horse um, and maybe the odd other one that uh, hopes to hit up and goes down for a look but um, yeah I think he's the main one sort of going down that uh, I'm really excited about. Yeah, he was eye-catching, mate. It's a great point. So I appreciate you giving us that little lead in there. The 2000 Guineas hauled the bourbon, a nice chance. Hey, uh, Marshy, go well today. Enjoy it, mate. And we'll just continue to watch these drying tracks in the uh, Marsh Stable Unleash, mate. Go well. Absolutely. Cheers, Cheers man. Thank you.
No worries. He's a good man, Stephen Marsh. He doesn't mind tipping us into one and sophistical in race six. It's taken the cash as long as the inside. So what he means by that is early doors, if the tracks are wet, you know, they stick to the rail and they can chop the inside of the track up. But if it's looking okay and you can tell that the horses are still traveling around on the inside, sophistical from barrier one, race six, $3.30 now, but I'd take a little bit of that because I continue, I reckon the money will continue to come. Izzy, there you go. You wanted a tip. You got one. I got one, man. I got one. I'm going to put that into a wee multi, I think. Little top up. Nothing too serious. I said I wasn't going to punt this week, but I have to now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But we always do gamble responsibly. Um, Visit tab.co.nz. Yeah, always. R18, of course. It is 10 minutes away from 9. The Doyen, Ian Smith, not far away. We're going to sleep on it with Temper and Smithy after this.